warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 303. Like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't wanna be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. To say it's already been said Left over sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers You're listening to the only podcast With the balls To bite a radioactive spider It's pop culture leftovers Five, five four, four, three, three two, two, one Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah. So, how you doing, Jake? I'm doing okay. Yeah. It's been a good week. Fantastic. We are not alone this week, Jake. Uh, we do have a uh, special guest with us. Uh, we have uh, Steve Miller from the uh, Space Cowboy Podcast. Welcome, Steve. Hey guys, glad to have, glad to be back. I've 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 been looking forward to this day for I don't know since you asked me because I always enjoy being on the show. We love so thank having, you for having me. Yeah, we love having you on, man. It's always a good time having you on. I don't know, Steve. You're just good people. Well, I I try, I try. You know, people sometimes piss me off, but I mean, I try. But you guys don't <laughs> piss me off, so that's why we mesh well together. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, people getting pissed off. Uh, wanted, wanted to, uh, wanted last week, little bit of controversy over last week's episode, wouldn't you say, Jake? Yeah, I, I, I don't understand why. Uh, you know, I, dude, it's, it's, it's beyond me. I, I think, uh, am, am I, am I a controversial person, Jake? Am I, do I just bring it with me? Does it just follow me? Do I, do I, do I bring this upon myself? I happen to think that I do a little bit. Um, I think, I, I think, uh, you know, I do things a little bit differently. Um, I overreact sometimes. It's just in my nature. I can't help it. And, and that's one of the things I think I need to change at the beginning of each episode, like the whole like warning thing. I need to like throw in there that sometimes the host is going to overreact to things that most people probably wouldn't overreact to. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't think of you necessarily as controversial. Um, 
and when you are, I don't think I agree with you. I don't think you're on purpose like doing it. Yeah. It just kind of happens. Last week we had a guest on the show, Ray, who who's a friend of the show, and uh, we had him on. And then there was this whole thing where we uh, we me and Jake watched the uh, the battle at Big Rock, this uh, Jurassic World short. Ray comes in here, didn't didn't watch it, and then for the rest of the episode, I seem to uh, berate Ray, uh, berate him. And, uh, yeah, I, I threw his name into the word beret. But, nice. <laughs> and so there, I guess, like, I, I don't know. Like, first off, let me just start off this way. I had people telling me that there were people in the leftover army group that were a little upset, I guess, with the treatment that Ray received on the episode. And it turned into a thing. I don't know. Like, and first off, let me address this. Like, and I'm not mad at the people that that told me about this. I'm not upset with you, so don't even and don't even apologize. Don't even don't even do it. If I wanted to know what was going on in that leftover army group, I would be a part of it. I'm taking myself out of that group, and I've actually taken myself off of all social media except for the Pop Culture Leftovers Twitter page, which I'm probably going to abandon that as well and give it hand over the reins to somebody i just i need just time away uh from all of the social media stuff i haven't been on facebook posted anything on the facebook page for pop culture leftovers since mid-july and a lot of it has to do with you know things that are said i i just i don't need it if i'm going to continue to do this show i just need to have a clear head and i didn't have a clear head last week because Ray didn't watch the Battle of Big Rock, and I, I kind of, I, 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 hold on, here we go. Ray, welcome back. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm good, man. Apparently, Ray, there were some people that were a little upset with the treatment that you got, and like very next day, which was crazy. Like after we did the recording, Ray sends me a Twitter message thanking me for you know being able to come on. Said you had a good time, right? And Ray, I want to just point this out. Everything that we talk about today, did I coach you on anything to say or do or how to act? No, you didn't coach me at all. You didn't tell me anything. I'm I'm my own individual. Yeah. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't say, hey, you know, hey, Ray, can you say this? You didn't say anything. You didn't say that bullshit to me. You know, Um, I'm on here on my my own accord. I could be out here doing some other shit. My daughter's sick right now. So I'm on here helping, you know, not helping you guys, but just telling you guys how my my perspective of all this is. Um, Hey, Brian, I'm sorry about people getting on you about this bullshit. No, don't even. I'm sorry you have to get off of social media because people getting on you. you, Have they not listened to this show? You know, I've watched, I listened to the show multiple episodes. I know how you guys are. And there's nothing you said that offended me, you or Jake, the last episode. I didn't leave the episode pissed off. I wasn't sad. And the fact that you can't get on Facebook or you, you, you might give the reins of Twitter over, that, that kind of pisses me off as a fan of you guys, you know? I didn't know that, you know, until today, until you told me that. And so you just announced it just now, so. Well, it's, it's nothing that, you know, I left, I left Facebook back in mid-July and I told people not to, I, I said, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want you to make a big deal out of it, but. I think it's kind of fitting with what's going on here recently. Um, so yeah, I've left. Yeah, and don't don't beat yourself up, Ray. It's it's not this one isolated incident that caused wide yeah. social media exodus. You know, so don't. And that goes to our listeners too. You know, it, 
it's a giant build of things, I believe, right, Brian? Yeah, I mean, over the years, I, 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 honestly, I don't think I could do this show if I stayed on social media. I need to stay away from it. I don't need all the negativity and stuff like that. And right now, like 2019, I'll be honest with you, I'm having my best year ever. Um, and I, I'm not just saying that. This is like my best year ever. Uh, and it all has to do with a lot of changes that I've made recently in my life. But, you know, I, I, here's the thing, Ray, like when, when you re, you know, when I reached out to you and I said, Hey, you, you want to come on and we can kind of talk about this. Uh, part of it was just for letting maybe people know like about that episode. Like it was only a three and a half hour episode before we recorded. I actually told you and Jake that I did not have any Marvel news. I did not have any DC news and it was light Star Wars news. So we planned on not having a long episode anyway. It had nothing to do with you, Ray. Um, I think like mm-hmm. what, what happened here is, is, uh, I, Ray, you did kind of shit the bed not watching that. Fun, that fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, everyone else it was, who listened to the episode should have understood <laughs> that too, you know? I, but, I didn't watch what you told me to do. But, you know? I mean, what the hell? But you're, see, here's the thing. And I think it was, <laughs> I think for me, Ray, it was your, it was kind of like your skate by attitude. I'm just skating. I'm skating, Ray. I'm skating by. It was like you were. You reminded me of like Zach Morris not giving a shit. No, here's yeah. the thing. Like in the breaks and stuff, me and you were talking about different beers that we're drinking and all this stuff. Like we get along just fine. I mean, we get along. It was just on the episode. I, I, it, there is a heightened bit of my personality that goes into this show. It's it's a part of me, but I have to bring it a little bit more. And sometimes I think I just rub certain people the wrong way. I don't react the way that they feel comfortable any human being should react in that Brian, way. You don't have to explain that to me. Like I said, I've been listening to you guys for a long time. Yeah. I know how you guys are. You know, you didn't make me feel uncomfortable. Like I said, I wasn't pissed off. I wasn't angry. I wasn't sad. I didn't send you a message saying I hate you guys. You know, I was like I said, I, was, I, I enjoyed my time being on, and like I said, it was it was, it was all fun. Um, you know, I, I don't know what else you guys. I don't know what else the audience wants to hear about this. You know, it's. Oh, I no. Here's the fir- first. First off, this is I'm bringing, <laughs> I'm bringing you on, and just for the people that maybe were kind of confused about the last episode, but like on the flip side. For the people that did speak up on the Leftover Army page, like, number one, in this world where everybody thinks that they need to be heard on every little thing that's going on in the world and bitching about every little thing that goes on, I suggest that maybe, I don't know, maybe the three, four of you, and I don't know who you are, I haven't asked, I don't care, um... But maybe get together and you can all listen to each other and talk about me. Maybe like rent out a Holiday Inn Express conference room and you can sit there and, (laughs) you know, drink coffee and bitch about me. And then you can all go fuck yourselves. How about that? You can just fucking fuck yourselves. Because number one, I'm not apologizing to you. I'm not apologizing to Ray. There's no apology needed. We're friends. And, uh, you know what? There is no number three. Fuck you. There's no number three. 
My, <laughs> yeah, the whole, the whole thing's bullshit. I mean, that's that's what this podcast is, and that's what's unique about this podcast is that we rib each other like we're best friends hanging out at each other's house. You know, it's it's that's always been our gimmick. It, you know, we don't hold any punches when someone disappoints us on the podcast, and we we give them a ton of shit. Man. Oh, it's right. Like, you know, yeah, you 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 really you killed it, man. You you just destroyed last episode because it was like. I got people that come on the show that, and I'm not trying to give you a hard time, really, I'm not. People that come on the show that have prepared, like, Steve here, I know, like, Melissa, when she comes on, she, like, she fucking does all this research, and you show up, like, Zach Morris with your chewed up dog homework, and you, you can't, you can't, like, list off a single actor in a movie there, show that you're bringing up, unbelievable, you're just like, yeah, there's people in it, and then later, it's like, you didn't watch the Battle of Big Rock. And then, like, we have, I think you even called it, uh, the Battle of Bedrock at one time. I thought we were watching some, like, Flintstones thing at one point. So, um, but no. Yeah, it's it, possible. I might have called it. I mean, like, this is, uh, my first time being on there with you guys. So it was yeah. a little nervous being on there with you guys. Absolutely. So it's very possible I might have said that. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, we, I had fun talking to you on 300. Wanted to bring you on to a regular episode. It turned into a controversial thing. And then you've got like this outcry, you know, like this whole like everybody like I don't like the way Sonic the Hedgehog looks and oh, we'll make changes. <laughs> Guess what? Nothing's happening here. Yeah, like if you're looking for any like personal growth out of me in this whole situation and for me to fucking, you know, get down and like get down on one knee and say, oh, I'm really sorry, everybody. It won't happen again. And you know, I'm sorry, Ray. It, it ain't going to happen. Just, you know what? Find another fucking podcast at that point. You know, just fucking, you don't, you don't work. You're not working. You're not part of this. You know, if you're going to band together on a page that's dedicated to our podcast and try to cause controversy, that I, I think it's fucked up. Number one, like super ridiculous. So yeah. Brian, I also, I mean, on Twitter, there was a couple, couple of people actually like talked about the podcast and like a, a light mood i even liked their post and even yeah. you know talking to them a, a bit you know there was no hostility or anything like that last week yeah i, I guess if you're if, if the people who were upset they could have asked me how i felt instead of banding together with some bullshit you know right yeah and yeah yeah really why go to the source though and you know? when you can just make crazy accusations and you know yeah. if they go to you right then they can't fucking be all butthurt and seek attention yeah, go, go to me because like i said you go to twitter I, I even talked to some of the people who listened to the podcast, and it was all light. It was all all, all fun. You know, there was nothing wrong about that. But, you know, if you guys want to see how I was talking, you know, see how people were talking about the podcast and how I liked it too. So, like yeah. I said, I enjoyed being on with you guys, and I, you uh, know, um, I, I liked it. I had a good time. You guys are great people and stuff. So, yeah, well, we I appreciate it, and I appreciate you taking that. I hope that hope your daughter starts feeling better here, and I really appreciate you taking the time out today to come on here kind of clear things up really just i guess i don't know i i guess i'm just bringing you on to kind of throw it in their fucking faces to be quite honest with you i'm not going to say it any <laughs> other way just i mean that's really why i i had you on this week is because there's a i guess there's a few people that you know wanted to call me out and so i'm just kind of like right now picking up all the shit that they tossed in my front lawn and didn't clean up and pushing it right back in their faces and saying, how does it taste? Do you like that? I got, I got one more comment to say. Yeah. Um, 
I, I've been a Patreon for a while. I know you guys don't bring it up a lot. And it, and it probably has no merit to talk about. But I've been a Patreon because you guys put out content that's excellent every every week. You know? And that's why I was a Patreon. I listen to other podcasts, and they cut content short. And they don't really – and sometimes you can tell they're paid by advertisers and paid by certain people to say things. You guys aren't doing – you guys haven't done that. And I'm still a Patreon. I haven't left the Patreon. I haven't blocked you guys on social media. <laughs> and it's all because you guys are great people, man. And you, and you don't get paid to do this at all. You guys do this because you guys are – you guys want to talk about this. And you have a community to talk about this. And um, I, I, I look forward to listening to every other episode coming out here. I look forward to still being a Patreon you guys too. So thank you. Just thank you guys, you know. Thank you, Ray. We were, Thanks, Ray. Yeah. You're done, Ray, Ray! <laughs> oh, man, I've been holding that in. Like the whole, you're done, JJ, but uh, yeah, a little spit, like little like spin on it. Like perfect. It. Yeah. Can we ask Ray the question? I'm sure that's on everyone's mind. What's that? Did you watch the Battle of Bidrock, Bedrock? <laughs> Big Rock. <laughs> I didn't watch either, so... <laughs> <laughs> You Zach Morris motherfucker. Just Ray, you know, Ray with your your skate through life attitude. I'm telling you, man. Through, man. I, I kind yeah. of I kind of envy you for that attitude, man. <laughs> I um I I there, believe that was good. No, no excuses. I had a bunch of other shit to do this week too. Um, You're fine. I'm, I'm writing and. Like I said, my daughter, she had an open house and some other shit she'd gone to. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I had a bunch of other shit and some content. I got this new Oculus Quest. I was fucking around with the new, this new Vader game, Immortal. Oh, yeah. Quest. Yeah, I have uh, part one. I'm about to play part two soon. I'll go off the phone with you guys here. And uh, fucking awesome, uh, real quick. You know, but, yeah. Um, no, I did not watch the... Battle of Bedrock, Bedrock. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you are not hold, you are not held to watch it. You know, like like I told you on the episode, you never have to watch it now. I, I don't know if the people upset or will be upset more that I didn't watch it. I don't fucking know. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm happy. I was I was rooting for you. Hadn't seen it yet, still. So. <laughs> I'm actually. No, and, I'm, no, I'm, I'm in that camp too. Like I hope he never watches it. You you know what I mean? <laughs> For reals. And I hope a little. I hope a little of it is just to spite me. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It. I mean, it really is. It to spite you at all, man. I, part of me hopes. Part of me hopes. Right. I ain't watching this shit. <laughs> There you go. Just lie to us. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> like, like last week, you could have like ended the whole thing if you'd have been like, "Fuck you, Brian. I'm not watching it." <laughs> the whole I would. I probably. I love it when people stand up to me, and you know, like, it, it, like in a fun kind of way where they sound maybe even exasperated. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I've heard. I've heard Rebecca get to that point, and it like, and it, and honestly. It, like it's a real moment and sometimes but it just lightens the mood sometimes otherwise i just keep getting ramped up and ramped up and the next thing you know people are fucking spouting off uh you know on fucking facebook and all this shit and then then i gotta fucking come on here and do this fucking psa uh which ends in a uh, uh fuck you <laughs> so it's yeah dear lord and don't let it get lost what brian was saying about if he wanted to fucking know what was going on on social media, he would be on social media. Yeah. So we don't need people running and telling telling Brian every little thing they see on social media. Yeah, I'm, I'm because not, he purposely doesn't want to fucking know. Right. If I wanted to know what was going on in there, and I'm not upset with anybody that did bring it up, you know. But like, 
if I wanted to know, I'd be in the group. I, you know, because like uh, the first, it was brought to my attention. I had no idea. I would have been oblivious going into this week, and I, I rather would keep it that way. Like I, I was never going to say anything. Oh, I know. You well, you know, you know. Yeah. So I, <laughs> when you I, when you PM'd me talking about it, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, some idiot. <laughs> well, see, it's like I, you know, like you do read these things, and you do read hurtful things, or you know, just things uh, on social media, and. I, I would, I guess I would be li- like, I'm going to continue to do the show, but like, I would be lying to say like, if it wouldn't affect me going into the next week, like, why am I even recording something for these ingrates? And like, most of the people aren't like that. Most people that listen to this show do love it and do support it, you know, that are loyal fans and stuff like that. But you know, you do have, you know, the fucking, the few people that have, you know, you know, issue, take issue. And I don't want them to affect the outcome of what could possibly be, you know, fun episodes for everyone else to enjoy in the, in, in the future just because I'm harboring anger at these people. And oh, believe me, I will, I will harbor anger. Yeah. I, that, I am like, seriously, if there is a, uh, scouts badge for harboring anger, like, uh, that would be like, it would have like a picture of like a fucking harbor and then the angry emoji. And that would be the badge that I would receive because I harbor anger like nobody's fucking business. I'm still mad about shit that happened 25 fucking years ago. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. There's a lot of black in this heart, people. But like some of the only times that this heart starts beating again is when I hear from some of the listeners out there that uh, that do love the show. So the ones that don't and feel like they have to voice themselves on the Facebook page, um, go fuck yourselves. Seriously, rent out a fucking Holiday Inn Express conference room and just go hog wild, fucking each other, 69 and blowing each other, sticking fingers in each other's asses. Just fuck yourselves crazy because I, I really don't give a shit and I'm not going to apologize. This is not the this is not the show that's going to fucking concede to fucking whiny ass pussies online that need everything to change. Everything, you know, there's a lot of good movements out there, all right? But I think as far as your movement, I equivalent it to a bowel movement because it's a fucking load of shit. Ray's fine. This is not a movement that needs to be addressed, okay? Uh, Ray, did I put anything in your drink and diddle your butthole? Did that happen? Uh, my butthole feels a little weird right now. <laughs> Right. I mean, my not, drink's fine, but my, my butt feels a little loose right now. Was that because of you? Not, not the answer I was looking for, Ray. I was, <laughs> I was hoping for just a uh, standard no. But, Clarification, uh, clear. Thank, thank. No, we're good. No, dude, we're good, man. <laughs> All right, Ray. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it, dude. Yep, and um, enjoy the rest of the episode. I look forward to downloading this week, man. Thanks, guys. You're done, Ray. Ray, get out of here. Later, yep. Ray. Thanks, man. Peace. All right. Yeah. Now we can go forward with our regularly scheduled episode so got that out <laughs> what a good way. sport yeah well, awesome guy man awesome guy yeah i was I, jake I, i'm not gonna lie after we recorded the episode i was just like oh my god this episode this episode i was like i i overreacted i was like you know, maybe Ray shit the bed a little bit what are people what's gonna happen and then and then after uh, after all the dust settled I kind of I look back on the episode pretty fondly now, you know, and I, I and and I think I think Ray actually helped to make that episode what I think it is. Not a masterpiece, not even 
I don't, not, maybe not even listenable, but I, I still have fond memories about it. Yeah, yeah. I, one of the things that kind of really like let me get a bit angry about the people complaining about it was I honestly thought it was one of our, it was, it wasn't like our best episode, but yeah. it was a, a really fun episode. It was, um, yeah. The next day, there was a bunch of moments that I was still laughing about. I was laughing about the Skin Deep remake the next day. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> there was a lot, a lot of funny stuff there. And I, I was like, oh, everything's just been boiled down to we're big Ray bullies. And yeah. it just kind of pissed me off. Yeah. So, no, that's not the last you'll hear of Ray. We'll have him back on. I was uh, really impressed by his attitude coming out of this whole situation. Can't say that about everybody. And I don't know who you are. So it's like I can't point fingers. And I don't really, don't really care um, either. So, yeah, go have your... Go uh, have your little meetup at the old Holiday Inn Express or whatever. I forgot to ask Ray what he thought about the uh, returning cast members to the Jurassic Park franchise. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all coming back. I did a skin-deep rewatch on uh, on Amazon Prime. I, oh, that's that's amazing. I'm, I'm going to tell you, like, we talked about, like, who would be uh, the new – if they did a re – like a, a, a reboot, a remake, who would be cast – Ryan Reynolds would be perfect. I there if you watch that movie, the like John Ritter carries that film. Like he carries that film, that entire film. Um and he's very much Ryan Reynolds in some of his delivery, even his voice. It's just uncanny. Mm, I could see that. Yeah. So, um and then I oh my god, I it's been so long since I had seen the movie. It is about the worst human being like this is like the like 2019 would hate this movie like 2019 watching this through the the, the 2019 lens where it's about this womanizing uh white man who oh god yes dude it is <laughs> insane i was just oh, watching man. this and i was just like this is the world's most fucked up time capsule. I felt like I just dug up something I should not dig up. It's it, it was, and I, and as I it, like, this is our main protagonist in this, and like through the 2019 lens, like this guy is the villain. You can't root for this guy. He's just absolutely terrible. Like there's no redeeming qualities about him. He's just a womanizer, and uh, I I. But he keeps getting his way sometimes, and and it's just it's unreal. But it still has some memorable moments, like with the glow in the dark condoms, and the you had the the American Gladiator woman. Her name is uh, she was Zap in American Gladiators, and I forgot how huge she was. She was just jacked in that movie. She comes out and like does a pose before they end up doing the nasty and i was just like jesus christ she looks like she fucking stole schwarzenegger's body from like 1980s fucking conan the barbarian it was insane <laughs> i remember zap now that you bring the name up i i haven't yeah. seen skin deep obviously but I, I remember her as a gladiator she zapped the crap out of his cock in that movie i'll tell you that much <laughs> jesus christ just uh a, an amazing uh achievement in uh in physicality, it's crazy, it's crazy what steroids can do. It <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me it's not steroids. It's all steroids. That wasn't natural. What? Yeah, it don't tell. Don't tell me the Rock ain't doing steroids either. They're all doing them. <laughs> They're all fucking doing them. Knock it off. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you know what? I had a couple emails. I'm going to read one, 
that I got. No iTunes reviews. I think last week's episode left everybody. You know, we talked about uh, uh, PTSD in the, in, in the Rambo movie last week. I think last week's episode left uh, most of our listeners with post-traumatic stress disorder. So much so that they had to form a little fucking group and talk about it. But uh, they haven't been listening long enough to be used to it. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, uh, just started listening at Endgame and was very upset by last episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck you. This shit's been happening for years. You fucking whiny bitches. Jesus Christ. Welcome to the group. That's like, yeah. Sometimes you got to put these fuckers through the fire, don't you, Jake? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, mean, I wonder how much of it is that though. And Steve brought up a good point. You know, they're probably yeah. just people that haven't listened for very long. Yeah. Well, like, like with me, like with my friends, like I, when I started my new job a year ago, like I explained to everybody, like, hey, if I like you, I tend to fuck with you. If I fuck with you too much, just let me know and I'll back off. But I usually don't push anything to any sort of like limit. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I give people that understanding, and I think some people don't have like that fair warning, I guess, with with you, Brian, because you're uh-huh. kind of like that too. Like, yeah. like you tend to the people you like more, you fuck with more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, true. Un- unless they're completely just <laughs> – unless they're really off the wall. Ray took it, man. Ray took it like a champ. I guarantee – like he's got to be very submissive in his relationship. Like it's Fifty Shades of Grey but like reversed. <laughs> I guarantee you like Ray has got like nipple clamps on at night. You know what I mean? Ball gag in the mouth. Fifty Shades of Ray. Fifty Shades of Ray. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know, I guarantee he looks like uh fucking like a, a hipster's wallet or something by the end of it. You know, like, <laughs> like a walking hot topic. Like, yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, man, I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great I mean, that's a great point, too, Steve. Like, if we really had issues with Ray or had a problem with Ray or Ray was some big giant jerk, no one would have even heard that episode. Like, I think, you know, yeah. we, we don't even have people That's on the true. podcast like that if it's going to be like that, you know? I was worried about the episode. Like, once it got completed, I told Jake, I said, I'm dragging my feet on uploading this one. I felt like there were moments. But I think it's always worse in our heads than it is when we actually put it out there. There's actually people that do enjoy it. I think we're the worst critics when it comes to this stuff sometimes. Not well, yeah. not all the time. Not all, not the, time. all the time. Not all the time. Facebook proved me wrong this week, you know. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no I can't apology. Tell you how many times I've been recording my show and then editing it afterwards and been like, "Oh fuck, why did I say that?" Yeah, <laughs> it happens, man. It happens, you know. So I got a, I got an email here. I'm not going to give out the name of the person, but uh, it's a, a subject uh, an iTunes review. And it goes on to say, um, hi, I'm in a different region, so my review might not show up. So here it is. So here's the thing. Like, if you – on iTunes, I can check the ones here in the States. Now, I can check the ones that are from overseas if I go to Chartable.com, um, which I do very rarely. So if you are leaving iTunes reviews in different countries, maybe we will – you know, like this week would have been a perfect week since we don't have any U.S. based ones. It would have been a perfect week for me to to do that. But I just like Ray not watching the Jurassic World short. I also did not bring any of the overseas uh, uh, international iTunes reviews this week. But uh, this yeah, first... I love the idea of the iTunes international version. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, maybe we can uh, maybe we can do that in future future weeks. Uh, let's see here. Hi, I'm, a diff- I'm in a different region, so my review might not show up. So here it is. Uh, PCL is still my only podcast I've ever listened to because I'm sure it can't get any better than this. It's True. one of my most anticipated moments of every week. It even made me sometimes watch movies and TV shows just so I can listen to your uh, listen to your episode. Uh, thank you, Brian, for spending all the time watching. Uh, taking notes, reviewing all these contents, and thank you, Jake, for being a great co-host. You will, you all are guys, uh, you all guys are great, and I appreciate what you do for us. Love you so much. And then it goes on to say, P.S., and this is not, I don't believe this is part of the iTunes review, but it says, P.S., you guys helped me without even knowing because I was going through a really rough year because I discovered that I was raped in my childhood and listening to your podcast helped while I was going through that. Thank you so much one more time. And that comes from, uh, I'm going to, it comes from someone, I'm going to let them remain anonymous and I just kind of want to thank them for reaching out. Yeah, that that's awesome. What can we say? What country they're from? I don't know. It doesn't say oh. in the room. In the, okay. It doesn't say. So, um, I, uh, it's one of those things where it's crazy how the human mind can repress things and block things out, especially from childhood. And I think it's like a self-defense mechanism that goes off in some people where something traumatic happens, we block it out. But it always seems to kind of like affect us later on down the road. And we react in certain ways and we don't know why we're reacting this way. And I think in order for some people to get to the root of the problem to like – Maybe do some like course correction in the way that they think and the way that their, their lives are headed and just like their inner kind of like, um, you know, um, trying to think like inner peace, like these things as traumatic as they are. And like, it seems like a great idea to just block it out. I think like subconsciously our, our minds are so vast and like there's so many things that we like we, we, we retain, um, that, that we don't know about, but, that are hidden so deep down, they're not, the, they're not on the surface, they're hidden so deep down, but like we, it affects how we react, uh, to certain things later on. I think like you're on the road to a full recovery now knowing this and being like equipped with this and I hope that you seek like professional help from a good professional. Um, and I hope you have like a good core of like family and friends around you to help you deal with this. It sounds like, um, you're making some of the right decisions here, um, by, not by listening to our podcast, but just by, you know, like you, you know that this has uh, been something that's affected you, and it sounds like you're doing a lot better. So I'm, I'm hoping that you're making some good decisions. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy, Jake, that, that, um, that, that, that our, that our minds can do that. Just like we can forget these things that happen to us when we're younger, and how it can still affect us, even though like uh, we're older. Yeah, things that on the surface you'd think you'd never be able to forget. But yeah, yeah. you're right. They just, I think the brain is easier to process it, just kind of throwing it away. But mm-hmm. yeah, it always, always seems to kind of bubble back up in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for reaching out to us. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, I wanted to mention very quickly and hopefully I can find some time to record with him next week, but Ryan Drost from Star Joe's has started a Kickstarter for a comic book called Stealth Hammer. Um, mm-hmm. which also is, it's ironically, it's the name of a condom that I bought in one of those machines that hang on the wall in the men's restrooms once, Jake. 
So kind of, kind of crazy. I didn't know if he had any like rights issues with that name, but apparently his comic is an all ages comic and, uh, the condom was for 18 and up and they're, they're completely two different things. And his doesn't deal with sex at all. Yeah. So for those people that haven't supported the Kickstarter, they can, they could just get it in the uh, gas station bathroom. It's, it's a different product, different product altogether. It'd be cool <laughs> if there was a tie in though. Like he could, uh, now, you know, if like for like one of the stretch goals, you get, <laughs> you know, they send you, they send you a lubricated rubber. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a legit stretch goal. And as the stretch goals get bigger, like they'll <laughs> add certain things to the condoms, like maybe like uh like the KY uh and then like after that the KY super thin, so it feels like you don't even have one on, Jake. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> stretch hammer lambskin. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh so yeah, he uh, Ryan Joseph started an all age comic book called Stealth Hammer. They've got a goal of like twelve thousand some dollars that they're wanting to raise to to get this uh, going. I think the last time I checked, they were at about thirty six hundred or something. Um, it, I'm going to put the link in our show notes. I'm, I'm hopefully going to be talking to Ryan, doing kind of like a like a bonus episode where we can talk. Guys, remember Ryan has been on the show a couple times. We had him on for the Bumblebee episode. This guy's great. Star Joe's is one of the major reasons that. Pop Culture Leftovers is still around. Uh, Chuck from Star Joe's, uh, when I was having a hard time doing this show, reached out to me in the very early days and said, I've been listening. I really enjoy this show. And it gave me the confidence that I needed to keep going. So Star, jo- we, Star Joe's means a lot to me. Um, he, Ryan wants us to know that the goal of the Kickstarter is to create the first issue of a true all-ages comic meaning something anyone of any age can read and enjoy, not just for kids, one that is produced. Uh, and uh, he's looking to shop it around and hopefully be picked up and create a series. Um, so it's going to be, the comic is going to be a 22-page story. Uh, there's going to be uh, some of his co-hosts that are artists are involved in this, so Robert Atkins and uh, Shannon Gallant. Um, the uh, elevator pitch of the story is Jamie Taylor, a college student going to school for graphic design. Uh, her parents are famous scientist and inventor Dr. Everett Taylor and world-traveling interior designer Veronica Taylor. Even with successful parents, Jamie has always worked hard to make her own mark in the world. This drive and her spirit of adventure came from her grandmother, Patricia Taylor, who explored the world to help those in need. Jamie, Jamie's never-give-up attitude became critical when she found herself victim to sabotage in her father's lab. This left her with incredible powers that will lead her to a much larger world. The first issue is an origin story, but layered in the dialogue and the images, you'll find hints to legacy, mythical beings, alternate dimensions, and more. While this is the start of a new adventure, as Jamie would say, that's not how this story ends. So, yeah, all ages comic. Uh, so, yeah, you can have your kids read this. This could be like their gateway into comic books. Uh, and you know what? You'll probably end up loving uh, the book as well. So anything Ryan's involved in, I want to be able to help him and support him. So look for a bonus episode, hopefully within the next week or two. This started, I believe they have 23, 22 days left by the time that you're uh, listening to this. So I will post the link to the Kickstarter in the notes. And guys, I believe you can get a, uh, you can get a digital copy. I, I don't know what the prices are, but you can probably get a digital copy. Very cheap, very affordable. So definitely check that out. 
yeah, I um, I've already pledged myself. I, I want to get the physical copy of Stealth Hammer just because you know I like to have that thing you can hold still, especially when it's you know a friend's comic book. And that's the exact yeah. same quote I got when I put on the condom. I want something that I can <laughs> hold physically, and yeah, yeah. Uh, digital Stealth Hammers just don't do the same trick. That's it for doesn't. Sure. You know, that's why we got Pornhub. You know. So yeah, but don't let the all ages part scare you. I find the whole thing to be very akin to like the seventies Hanna Barbera adventure stuff. Like it's it's not something you have to have kids for, but it mm-hmm. it's not dumbed down for kids, right? You know, yeah. it's it's suitable material for them, but it's not played towards the kids. So it's really cool like that, you know, like those the old Herculoids or Thunder the Barbarian, uh, you know. It, thank you. Yeah, I, lo- I love those. Uh, Johnny Quest, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's yes, it's kids programming, but it's not it's not written down towards children, which unfortunately I find a lot of children's material out there tends to be these days. Yeah, so it's yeah. really cool to see a comic book like this bone by Jeff Smith is yeah. kind of the same thing where it's, yeah. it's a kid's comic, but it's still got such a heavy mythology. And if, the more you dive into it, the more you get, but it can still be enjoyed by all ages. So yeah, don't let the all ages stuff scare you away. I mean, even if you don't have children, this is something you should check out and you'll probably very much enjoy if you're like me and Brian's age. Absolutely. Absolutely. So good luck with, good luck with Ryan. Let's help support him, Leftover Army. Uh, even if you just donate like a couple dollars, I think that they'll, they'll take whatever you can, whatever you can give them. So let's, uh, let's get this, uh, Let's back it. I'm going to be backing it soon, and let's get this funded so that he can get rolling on this. Also got exciting news here. Uh, Quentin Roberts, one of our uh, reviewers for the site that uh, writes our movie reviews, and honestly, I want to thank everybody that does this. Everybody that's written a review, um, you've done – seriously, like I can't do this alone. And right now, I just don't have the time to write any movie reviews. I'll be starting up with my movie reviews, uh, written movie reviews, uh, sometime in November – I'll be back to doing that. Um, but everybody that's been contributing so far, thank you so much for that. Like these Rotten Tomatoes quotes that you're putting up are fantastic. You guys are doing a great job. I just want to thank you. But Quentin Roberts wrote one for Three from Hell. And um, I, this is the new Rob Zombie horror flick. And I actually had someone uh, from – I from marketing in this movie, somebody involved in this – reached out to yeah, me. Yeah, it was Lionsgate. Was it Lionsgate? So Yeah. Yeah. So she whoever it was, she she wrote me an email and says uh that Saban would like to um use something from Quentin's quote about the movie uh and and you know, we were all ecstatic. Like, yes, absolutely. So I, I reached back out to her and I said, you know, do you know possibly what Savannah's wanting to do with, you know, his quote and where it would be popping up? And she said, probably in marketing videos, promo videos, excuse me, promo videos. And so hopefully when some promotional videos, maybe for the Blu-ray or even now while it's still, I guess, maybe theatrically running, uh, we might be able to see Quentin's quote on screen in a commercial and it say our pop culture leftovers. So, I mean, that's, that's huge for us and it's, it's huge for Quentin and it's, it's very, very cool that, uh, you guys are, are writing these reviews and, um, I can't thank you enough. So thank you. Yeah. That's the dope shit, man. Even if we get one more listener after seeing our name flash on a screen or an ad somewhere, that that's awesome. So thanks guys. Very cool. Yeah. 
Steve Sorry. Miller. What's up? That's very cool, by the way. Thank you. Are you guys ready to talk about this new Spider-Man news, or you want to you, you wanna break it up, Jake? Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind a quick break real fast, honestly. Quick Jake break. Let's do a quick Jake break, and we will be right back to talk about Spider-Man back in the MCU, not far from home. Spider-Man just around the corner. <laughs> be right back. back uh real quick i i want to let everybody know uh you know i gave quentin a shout out listen to the real zodiac that is his podcast uh and they talk movies him and amanda and a guest uh amanda albers they have guests on and they uh talk about movies i've been on there and talked about the bad news bears and then once upon a time in the uh west so check out those episodes and check out some of their other episodes they did a Teen Wolf episode that uh, Quentin really loves, and then also they just recently reviewed Bloodsport, so check out The Real Zodiac, and that's R-E-E-L. And uh, yeah, uh, Spider-Man, uh, this news broke on Friday from Variety, and it was titled, Spider-Man will stay in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and uh, it goes on to say, after brief- briefly breaking up, Sony Pictures and Marvel have found a way to get uh, back in the Spider-Man business together. On Friday, the two companies jointly announced that Marvel Studios and its president, Kevin Feige, will produce the third film in the Spider-Man Homecoming series. It will once again feature Tom Holland reprising his role as the titular hero. The rumor mill roared back to life this week with hints that the two companies were close to brokering a new agreement. Over the summer, news broke that Disney, Marvel's parent company, and Sony had reached an impasse over a new financing deal. Disney wanted the film to be financed on a 50-50 basis. Uh, with Feige, that's I, I'm gonna let me dive back into that. I remember Jake. The the original rumor was it was actually twenty five seventy five, and then these Fox movies started tanking, and then we got this fifty fifty thing. Yeah, correct. I don't know if this is an accurate statement on how the original negotiations went down. Yeah, we. I don't think anybody really knows one hundred percent, except for those involved. Uh, 50-50 basis with Feige remaining in a consulting producer capacity. Sony is believed to have proposed keeping the arrangement under the current terms, which stipulate that Marvel receives about 5% of the first dollar gross in all merchandising revenues. Uh, the deal was signed late on Thursday night. Negotiations involved top players from both studios, including Sony Pictures chief Tom Rothman, Feige and Walt Disney Studios co-chairs Alan Horn and Alan Bergman. In exchange for lending Feige's producing prowess, Marvel and Disney will receive roughly 25% of the profits, according to insiders. Disney will retain its merchandising rights and will put up roughly a quarter of the financing. Uh, As part of the arrangement, Spider-Man will also appear in one future Marvel Studios film. 
So, uh, let's see here. Tw- Jake, uh, this deal, um, I personally, I think that it's in Sony's benefit now, especially with Disney putting up this is says quarter of the financing. Have you have you read that they're putting up all the financing and other outlets? I don't know. I think I have, but I, I I've seen it a little bit all over the board too. If they're like I, yeah, I don't know what to believe a little bit on who's putting up the financing. If twenty five a quarter, roughly a quarter of the financing, that's still a. I still think this is a damn good deal for Sony. I think, especially if Disney's doing the whole financing of the film if they're financing the entire production this is this is huge for sony i think that this works out to sony's benefit if that's the case i still think that this is a good deal for sony overall especially i think that sony sees that even with like their individual properties like you know into the spider verse and like even you know venom 2 and the morbius stuff coming up i think that they feel that they have a lot going on with their Spider-Man universe that they can afford to, to do this. I, do you think it's a win-win Jake? Uh, I mean, I, it's not the original 50, 50 deal. It's not even the proposed original 25, 75 deal because like now with that deal, there was no Disney wasn't putting up any of the financing for the production and that's happening here. So I think that this is, Right now, I think it's a win-win, and I honestly think it's a kind of a huge win, even more so for Sony at this point. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I've been a, a little bit more lukewarm on it, I think, than it sounds like you are as far as who's winning here. I don't know, because it doesn't feel like it's a final solution by any means. It, like we've said, it's one more movie. It's one more MCU it's three, appearance. Three. It's two more movies and one more MCU appearance. So I believe it's three movies. Okay. Okay. I the variety that I had read, it, I thought it was just one in one, but you, I could be wrong. Either way, it still seems like it's very defined with an end date again. And it's like if it's just going to be, we're going to go through all this over again. I kind of just think they're Sony's better off just ripping the bandaid off really fast. You know, <laughs> like financially, I don't think it's the worst deal for them, but I think creatively, it's going to make things even more difficult unless they are riding towards the goal of eventually not sharing the character from this point on, which would kind of seem to stilt the writing and and, and the creative process in a way, if that's what they're going to do from this point on. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested to see what's going on. Like is the MCU appearance to like be the end chapter for Spider-Man? Cause they know he's just going to be gone in the next three, four years. I think that's part of it. I think it maybe leave, it'll, it'll leave the door open. I think that they'll Iron Man three it where, you know, the contract's finished. We could lose Spider-Man or he might even possibly come back. Like, like that looks like an Iron Man three where he, you know, dumps the suits in the water and Iron Man could be over. But then of course, Marvel, you know, dropped off a dump truck full of money for Robert Downey Jr. And then we got him for future appearances in, uh, you know, the Avengers and Captain America films. So we'll see. It's this came and I want Steve, I want to get your thoughts here in a moment. But this kind of bounces off piggybacks what Jake was saying. THR's Heat, Heat Vision newsletter said this about the most recent deal, though both sides are hinting 
the pat could be extended again. Feige seems to be plotting an end game that will wrap mm-hmm. up Peter Parker's story in the MCU and could see the character cross over into Sony's own budding universe of characters that includes Venom and Morbius with film centering on others in the works, including the dimension spanning Madam Web. We'll talk about Madam Web here in a little bit. But, um, Steve, what are your thoughts on this, this whole deal? Can we all say that we all, uh, Jake, are you happy that, that Tom Holland's coming back to the MCU? Are you, are you happy this is, or did you think like this is like, you're, you're talking about this band aid. Do you think that, do you think that like now everybody's getting what they wanted? Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm probably in the weird camp that I was kind of excited for what the new road forward was going to be. Like, I wasn't the biggest fan of the last two I, Spider-Man solo films. I, I I think that road's going forward still. I, I, I do. I think that that road's still going forward. It's just they're going to... Just gonna, slower. Well, they're doing it. They're doing both things at the same time. I think Spider-Man will cross over with Venom and Morbius and Craven and Madam Web. But that stuff is just going to be, they're going to be kind of like setting that up the way that Kevin Feige set up like the Avengers slowly. And maybe Spider-Man will show up in some of these movies, but like it will be kind of like MCU-less. So we will get, you know, more Spider-Man driven stories. Uh, but without like, you know, I still think like, this is good because we still can like wrap up things like, you know, the happy Hogan stuff with Aunt May and we can still wrap up some of the stuff that's going on within the MCU and they can find like a, you know, some kind of like, exit. yeah, I get it. it. It gives them more feeling of closure, but I still find it a little bit like, you know, stifling as far as the creativity goes. Cause it's like all the things, you know, it's like, prequelitis kind of right like happy hogan has to get out of the picture and like all these things have to happen because moving forward it's going to be like this so it just kind of drives the narrative in a way i'm not a big fan of yeah i mean but you gotta you gotta also understand like if if they don't have access to that then it's like you know that, that then like what does sony do how do they address this do they not address it do they just move forward so you know, they, 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 I guess at the end of the day, they figured these movies are going to make buttloads of money. <laughs> and, for sure. you know, Spider-Man's still going to go for it. As long as we can still get Tom Holland in this role for many years to come, you know, I think we still have plenty of time for that. And Jake, think about it. Like, these movies will be done and over with before you know it. And they'll be moving on to other things. Steve, what are your thoughts on everything that's going on here? Um, I actually, I, 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 been really enjoying i guess seeing the the back and forth like when i when the big announcement came that oh tom holland is not going to be in the mcu anymore spider-man's out of the mcu it was kind of like yeah that that may be the case right now but like we're in the we're in that point in time where we can see like two big studios fighting over money that has to do with a character like it's 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 not something that's just gonna like flip of a switch and then that's going to be it it's going to be something that's probably going to take time and i expected an announcement like this to come forward like eventually them to work out a deal or them to actually say like yeah we couldn't work out a deal because that's what it was before is that it was just a deal that had not been going well it didn't wasn't didn't seem like anything was set in fully in stone uh at that time um until they you know could work something out but now that They've figured out what they're doing. I feel like 
Kevin Feige has known what he what he's doing since the beginning. So he's essentially giving that formula to Sony by I think he basically convinced them. I feel like this was on the Marvel Disney side of like them sort of convincing them like, look, don't just take the character from us. Let's do this in a elegant way and sort of pass you the torch over the next two, three movies. And that would be a way to let you build up your roster of villains and then bring the hero into it kind of thing. And I really, I love like kind of seeing like the way that's sort of panning out because like it, at the end of the day, it does sort of come down to money and everything, but there's one guy that's like leading the race that knows like, I don't know. I feel like he a lot of credit can be gone given to Kevin Feige for getting us to where we're at today. I mean, he turned me into a Marvel fan mm-hmm. when I wasn't prior. So, uh, I I don't know. I just I really like seeing this going on, and I, I I'm glad that they were able to work something out, and that that it wasn't like a it didn't end up in a, in a, in a situation where they were slamming the door on each other. And then that was just going to be it. And Sony was going to take him back. Um, I'm glad that they were able to work some sort of deal out in that aspect. And I'm, I'm yeah. excited to see where it goes. Cause I still feel like we're going to get that eventual Spider-Man goes back to Sony, but it's going to be done more of the right way. Mm. Cause eventually Sony is going to not want to continue this deal with Marvel. So that's eventually going to come to an end and, it's it i guess it could go one of two ways i'm hoping it goes the more positive way with you know the passing of the torch and it doesn't come to a big standoff like this again in in two three movies where it's like all right now they're fighting again this is probably not going to end well yeah i think it's nice to know that you know feige and amy pascal no i mean yeah we can bring up tom rothman and you know alan bergman and all these other guys but it's nice to know that They've had their differences, Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige, but at the end of the day, they've been collaborators on projects. Like they worked on X Men, you know. Like yeah. They they know each other, and they're friendly enough to where she could throw a sandwich at him, but later on, he could still produce a movie for him. <laughs> so it's like you know, th- these are these are these that are sandwich good. stories. So hilarious. It's great. So like this is like these are things that are going for us going forward. So no, like we'll see what happens. I think that they are going to be setting up Spider-Man in the Spider-Man Sony verse now. I think that starts now. Feige, this was part of the press release that came out, you know, uh, with this and it was just a small thing that Feige said, but he said he also happens to be the only hero with the superpower to cross cinematic universes. So as Sony continues to develop their own Spideyverse, you never know what surprises the future might hold. So Kevin Feige basically is like kind of, kind of confirming what me and you, Jake, have been saying for a while now that Spider-Man's going to be showing up in like, you know, possibly Venom 2, uh, maybe Morbius, uh, definitely the rumored Craven film. So like, it sounds <clears throat> like that's going to happen. My thing, uh, that I want to talk about here real quick is now that, okay, we saw Disney purchase, you know, um, uh, Fox. So you got, you know, big company purchasing Fox. What are the chances? And I'm hearing rumblings and I don't know how true this is that Apple is looking to purchase Sony. Yeah. I've read the same, um, rumblings and articles myself um it seems like there's 
more than a 0% chance that that could happen. That's definitely for sure. Well, here's the thing. If that happens, this benefits – hold on. Let me explain this. Under the original deal with Spider-Man, Spider-Man rights are with Sony, but if a company buys Sony, the rights revert back to Marvel Studios. So mm. Spider-Man would not be included in any kind of merger, purchase, excuse me, of Apple buying Sony. Apple buys Sony. <laughs> what is Apple even buying at that point? I guess Sony's library, I guess maybe like Men in Black, um, <laughs> you know, I, James Bond, James Bond. Yeah. James Bond. Yeah. That's probably the yeah. least damaged franchise left at Sony. So, but the, the, the film rights for Spider-Man then go back to, to Marvel Studios at that point, if that does end up happening, which yeah. Apple has the money to buy Sony easily. Apple could buy Disney. So, I mean, it seems unlikely though. It seems like such a bad deal from Apple because even though they don't get Spider-Man, it's still kind of equated into what they would have to pay. Right. Because Sony would rather just not sell and keep making the money off Spider-Man, you got to imagine. There were rumors, though, years ago that Sony was looking to sell. That before it was like there were two rumors. There was rumors of of uh, Disney buying up, you know, of course, Fox. But, like, there was rumors that Disney was going to buy up Sony at one time because Sony was kind of like – you know, not doing so great. They're, you know, they were thinking about, you know, selling off their uh, entertainment division. I remember that. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Like right now they're thriving. But like how long is this going to last? Is Venom 2 going to be a success? You know, is the next Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie going to be a huge success without maybe the influence of like, you know, a Phil Lord and Chris Miller? You know, is it going to be the Lego movie too? Okay. So like – and I'm not saying that that movie failed. I'm just saying it's not as good as like the previous film that people loved. Um, so at that point, I think maybe is I don't think Apple's going to try it right now. They're going to wait until the price comes down and, it, mm-hmm. and and Sony is is looking to sell like just like kind of like how Fox was. So I think that Apple's just kind of sitting back waiting and they're waiting for the right moment to to go forward and maybe maybe purchase um you know Sony but we'll see this is all speculation yeah yeah i agree it's definitely more than a 0% chance but it it's a very interesting story cuz Spider-Man is all, is almost like a phantom franchise that Apple still would have to pay around but doesn't actually get yeah 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 i think like any figure that comes in there it's it's going to be without Spider-Man. It's not like they're not going to know that they're not getting Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, but so. exactly. But you still have to kind of jump a certain hurdle to make so it, it even worse Sony's time of day because mm-hmm. in, unless you know they do have the Spider-Man, unless they sell. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very interesting. We'll see. We'll see what happens with all that. Um, Deadline is reporting that John Watts will be coming back to direct the third film in the Spider-Man. MCU franchise making him I think this is going to make him the first director to complete a trilogy for Marvel beating out James Gunn who at one time James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was going to come out 
it had a phase four date to come out and like now it's not even included yeah. in the phase four lineup. So I think John Watts, unless you can tell me some other director, I think John Watts is going to be the first Marvel director to complete a full trilogy. Like the Thor films, you've got different directors for each one. Captain America, those movies, different directors. You had, was it, was it Joe Johnson who did the first and then? Yeah, all the rest have two out of three, right? Yeah, it really seems that way. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess, um, we don't know if they're going to do another Ant-Man movie, right? I could see that being another trifecta for yeah. Peyton Reed. Yeah, but I'm saying the first to finish a trilogy. Cause we know, yeah, Gun- we know Gunn's going to do it, but like Watts will be the first one to, to, to do it. Yeah, yeah, good on him. I mean, what else does he have going right now, huh? That's true. What are you doing? <laughs> Make that easy money. What are you, yeah, you guys need to watch. I, I think Cop Car might be streaming somewhere. That was John Watts' like first claim to fame, that Kevin Bacon movie with the kids that steal the cop car. Yeah. He went right from that to getting the Spider-Man he gig, did. right? Yeah, he did. I think he did like maybe like another film or a short film. Then he did Cop Car, and then it was straight into Spider-Man. They were getting like these young directors. This was back in the day when everybody was like trying to find the, the next Josh Trank before Josh Trank become became Josh Tank. You know, <laughs> Josh so, Tank. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a weird. Th- I love these like how Hollywood goes into these like. You know, you had the Josh Trank, like, oh, let's, let's snatch up all these young and up and coming guys. And then you, then, you know, you know, the Star Wars is even doing it. You know, they got Colin Trevorrow and then, and then they got, uh, you know, Phil Lord, Chris Miller and like now it. Yeah, Ryan Johnson himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's crazy. Um, Spider-Man is going to open. Listen to this 2021. Listen to this year. Spider-Man. The new Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3, is going to open July 16th, 2021. It's going to hit one week before Mission Impossible 7. Ooh. And it's going to be the fourth Marvel film to release that year. Shang-Chi, February 12th. Uh, Doctor Strange, Into the Multiverse of Madness, May 7th. And then we're not done with the year. We're not done yet. We get the Spider-Man movie next in July. And we're not done. We get Thor, Love and Thunder on November 7th. Four Marvel movies that year. I mean, basically... Yeah, like 2021. Damn. Every three months, we're getting a new Marvel movie in 2021. Yeah, that seems like the new future, right? I bet they probably want to keep up that pace. Uh, the years that we get uh, Spider-Man movies, we'll get four. Uh, every other year, it looks like we're going to get... Three, but they, I mean, they could, they could expand to four regular, I, I, who knows? I mean, it's, it, it, with, especially with like this cosmic universe opening up, you know, and I think it's gonna kick off really, it kicked off with the, with the Guardians, I get it, but like, I think the Eternals is gonna open up even so much more, maybe even leading us down the road of like Galactus and, and, uh, you know, uh, fucking Silver Surfer and stuff like that, so, yeah. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, and they wanted to make more. Like, they're not opposed to having a whole other corner of their universe that they can milk more money out of one more time a year. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was James Gunn was supposed to be leading up that, that and of course I, you can't we can't trust anything Feige says anymore. Feige downplayed that and said James Gunn never was going to lead up this cosmic universe. But then Feige also said that he didn't t- have time to produce a Spider Man movie, and now we're finding out Kevin Feige's producing a Star Wars film. He's also going to be yeah producing yeah. Spider-Man Feige movie. said that he told the exact Spider Man story mm-hmm. he wanted to tell. Yes, from start to middle to end. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing here? It's just, dude, he's saying, that's, I think that's, I think that these guys, I think that all the Marvel guys have just kind of been, even the Russos have all just been telling the media what they need to hear at that moment to get them off their asses. A hundred percent. And with the James Gunn thing, it was almost trying to calm down the fanboys. Right. James Gunn got fired. Oh, we, we kind of overdid that saying how much he was actually going to be leading that charge. Uh-huh. Cause what else are they going to fucking say? Are yeah. they going to throw their hands up and run around like everything's on fire? You know, no. What do you think? Do you think that, do you think that James Gunn, do you think that that offer is still on the table for this cosmic universe? For- I would say it is not. I would say they just, they're, they're probably too, it's not worth it to them. James Gunn is great, but he's not so great that they're trying to like get in trouble and like, a year later, happen to like remove the guy for whatever does reason, that, then do. Does that outlook change though? Once the Suicide Squad movie comes out and blows the fuck up, if I'm saying if, does that change though? At that point, does Marvel say, "Wow, we can't let this guy go. We've got to get him more involved. He's done such a great job on the cosmic side so far with." The Guardians, and look what he just did for Warner Brothers. Or do you think that James Gunn is just kind of like, well, I, I think I'm done. I wouldn't be surprised if James That's Gunn That's where is- I think it's at, honestly. Yeah, James Gunn's done. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a little bit on both sides of the camp. I, I think Disney's smart enough to know that the whole thing just looks better and works better to have Gunn complete the thing that he created. But I think both sides are probably going to be pretty okay with parting ways once that is said and done. I hate to be cynical about it. I would love what you're saying to be the reality because I'm, I'm a huge James Gunn fan. And oh, I'm not, like I'm not saying like. it's going to happen. I'm just – this is just I'm yeah, throwing a yeah. scenario out I mean, there. That would be awesome. I would love Suicide Squad to come out and be like the highest grossing fucking comic book movie ever. And, you know, Marvel saying, hey, we're going to give you, you know, exclusive rights to all of this and a big stipend, you know, million dollar contract right at the beginning. I mean, that that would be fantastic. But I kind of bet James Gunn can is just kind of like, fuck this shit and I'll just go do whatever I want and not deal with all that overlord shit. What I think is going to happen is that the movie will blow up. There might be rumblings, offers. And I think James Gunn might just be like, I'm done with comic book movies altogether. Yep, yep. We're saying the same thing. And go on and do like and, – and I'm not saying Ryan Johnson's done with Star Wars. He's doing you know three more Star Wars movies. But I think that James Gunn will go like that uh, – he's going to go full on like – doing his movies at this point, you know, stuff like, you know, birthright and writing movies and, and, and stuff like that. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's set for life. I mean, he's always going to get royalties for the guardians of the galaxy stuff. And so he doesn't really need, you know, to fuck with Disney anymore if he doesn't want to and still get paid by him. So, all right, we'll do Marvel news later, but since we're talking about Spider-Man stuff right now, this Oh, Steve, did you have any thoughts on Gunn? I'm sorry. 
No, 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 no worries. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm excited for him to come back and finish his trilogy. I just hope that in the aspect of him sort of being ready to part ways with Marvel, that he doesn't lose the passion that he has for the project. Like, I mean, I guess in a way, uh, Marvel should know better than to look out for that because of, you know, having their past with like Joss Whedon and him. I feel like he was kind of checked out for Avengers 2, which is why that movie didn't end up being that great. Um, but don't you think he I, has something to prove, though, at this point to them? Like, hey, here's a huge fucking movie. Agreed. I'm out, bitches. I, I hope he's got that drive. I, I really do. Not knowing him personally, I couldn't say, but well, I he's really got hope his, he has that drive. He's got his brother involved, too. He's got Batista and all these guys he considers friends. I think, like, this is, like, for me, this is kind of like the 98 Chicago Bulls. And it's okay. Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman saying this is the last dance. And we're going to come out here, and we're going to fucking dominate. And, they're, and we're going to win the yeah. championship, and then we're going to walk off the fucking court as gods. And that's what happened. <laughs> I, I feel yeah, he, that. He's got too much love for these characters to phone it in. I mean, you know, he, he didn't create the original inceptions of these characters, but he definitely created the cinematic versions. Yes. And a lot of them, I think, are based off of emotions and feelings that he's had throughout his lifetime. So it's those right. kind of connections that make me think it's going to be impossible for him to phone in a third movie. He's come out and said that about rocket. Like rocket is basically a lot of rocket is him, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, Steve, we're getting the Madam web movie. Is this uh did I just, did I blow your mind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking floored. I, I'm still picking up shit in my room, dude, Steve, you just, did you just cream in your jeans? Maybe. I know, Madam Web, Jake. Madam Web, we're getting a Madam. I don't know. This is this. I'm going to read this from uh, Dark Horizon. Sony Pictures is reportedly. Dude, even if you asked me, what twenty auxiliary Spider-Man characters do I want to see have their own movie? I wouldn't have got to Madam Web. Well, here's the, here's <laughs> even the, if you narrow it down to Spider-Man. Here's the thing. We've got there's there's I guess there's a couple versions of Madam Web that they could actually go with. Um. Webb first appeared in the Amazing Spider-Man comic back in 1980. Denny O'Neill was the writer. She's a blind and precognitive character. She can, like, see, predict the future or see the future. She's connected on life support on a, via web. She's blind. Some original shit. Yeah. <laughs> so she, I mean, it's so, but there's also, a story where Spider-Woman gains the powers of Madam Web. So it's not like we have the Madam Web that's, you know, not just... I, I don't want to watch a movie yeah, of a yeah. woman, you know, fucking on a spider web for two hours, you know, fucking telling me the winning lotto numbers, you know? Like... Yeah, I've so, seen her drawn like where it almost looks like Aunt May with like a fucking web blindfold on. Yeah, I know. I've seen that version in the slot comics. <laughs> so I think it's, I think they'll probably go with like the, the dying Madam Web who passes her powers on to, you know, Spider Woman. I don't know. Granny not moving web might be pretty hit. <laughs> I think that'll be the colon in the movie title. <laughs> <laughs> Madam Web, colon, granny not moving web. 
<laughs> it's gonna be a hit movie, man. They're, they're, they're gonna have Venom three crossover with that shit, guaranteed. It's gonna be huge. Oh man! Oh, holy crap! Yeah. So this. Yeah, is... I, I, I agree though. I mean, it's gonna be like basically the Spider Man universe's version of like Black Widow by the end of the day. Kinda, Shouldn't this be? It. I think it should be animated and. Uh, spinoff of like the end of the Spider Verse stuff, not a live action kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I've always thought Madam Web always worked best as like that Gandalf or like Yoda type character that's like just kind of there in the background helping move storyline along with you know big important foreshadowing mm-hmm. moments. To do a whole movie around that character seems very bloated to me. Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre. So. Yeah, let's see here. The, this goes, the article says the, the character is also tied to the great web, a multiverse construct that ties all spider characters together across the multiverse and gives them their powers. That's why it makes more sense for Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah. And once you start diving down that kind of storyline, you start, that's kind of the Straczynski stuff that really made me stop reading Amazing Spider-Man is all the, the spider connections and through the lines and everything. You know, is you, he going to become a spider soon? Do you think this Madam Web movie could eventually just turn into a Spider Woman film? Like it, like right now, the report is Madam Web, but like, do you think like this could evolve into a Spider Woman film, where like that's we find out that well, yeah, Madam Web's in it, 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 and she's part of the focus, but it's 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 really the report was we're doing a Spider Woman movie. That makes a million times more sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that sounds like a movie. Like Madam Web sounds properly utilized in that movie. I just can't imagine going into the movie theater and saying, uh, "One ticket for Madam Web." Oh man, I can't wait to the end to find out which character she's going to be the mentor to. All right, I don't know. I, I snore. It's. <laughs> I think it's just a vehicle for. I would hope it's a vehicle for a Spider Woman film, and kind of like you know, like the Captain Marvel story of like. You know, she, she has, she's, 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 you know, doing her thing and she gets powers somehow or something, you know, like more powers. I don't know. Yeah, man. Even female Spider-Man auxiliary characters, I can think of a million of them I'd rather see have a movie than Madame Web. Spider-Gwen. Yeah, Jackpot. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Or Silver Sable or Black Cat. Well, they're still talking about those movies possibly happening. I'm going to fucking Black throw my popcorn if Madam Web is the first solo female auxiliary Spider-Man character to make it to the screen. Do you remember the rumors of the Aunt May spy movie? I would rather have the Aunt May spy movie <laughs> than the Madam Web movie. Steve, Aunt May spy movie. Uh, I'm in. I, I'm 100% in for an Aunt May spy movie. I just want to see – I want to see an Aunt May spy movie that crosses over – into Pennyworth, and then I just want to see <laughs> those two fuck each other. <laughs> I just want to see an Aunt May, Alfred Pennyworth, just lovemaking session that's just vigorous and doesn't stop, goes on for maybe 50 minutes. And just, I want to see a pool of sweat in that bed by the end of it. I want, I want, like, I want, like, here's the thing. I want them both young, and by the end of it, the bed is so wet that her skin does that thing that your skin does in the tub where it wrinkles up. 
<laughs> and she actually looks like old Aunt May by the end of that lovemaking session because of all the sweat and moisture in that bed. I think you just figured out the poster for the movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that episode one poster where it's young Anakin, but the shadow is Darth Vader, you know, it's young Aunt May, but the uh, pruned up version is old Aunt May. Oh my God. I fucking love it, Jake. I fucking love it. I haven't taken a bath in so long. It's a, that's such a weird thing that our bodies do with the, the wrinkles on the, on the, on the fingertips. That is just a fucking weird thing for our bodies to do at that point. Oh, and this happens now. Like, what the fuck? I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah, that is weird. I used to back in the day with like when I was reading a good book, like would be like a 40 year old woman and like sit in the tub at like 20 years old reading my book for a couple hours i used to i used to wait till my hands got all wrinkly like that and then i'd pretend (laughs) i was an old man masturbating (laughs) this is what it'll be like (laughs) Ah, yeah it's like or i'd or i'd like lay on the other hand and give myself a stranger and pretend that i was getting a handy from wilford brimley (laughs) Wrap, yeah, I think I like. I think B is even better than A. Wrap those diabetes laced hands around <laughs> my around my young youthful cock, my cocoon, as I call it. It's a thrill for both participants. Though. My cocoon. Very strange role play. Hear that, Jake? <laughs> my cocoon. That would be the porno version of cocoon. Cocoon. I like it. Aliens that like come it. out with glowing boners and just fuck everybody. They have lemon parties with old people. Oh, that sounds like a blast. Just cl- All right, we need everyone's hands in the water for 90 minutes before we start filming. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's let's move on. In. Oh, real quick, uh, if you go to the dailybugle.net, they've got uh, new clips of uh, J. Jonah Jameson, J.K. Simmons' version of J. Jonah Jameson, and uh, new clips that weren't in the movie. Uh, talking about how Mysterio is like the real hero and Spider-Man's the menace. And they also have some other things on there involving Night Monkey. So go to thedailybugle.net and check those out if you're a fan and want to see more. So I just wanted to mention that real quick. It's awesome. Uh, JJJ was probably behind all this uh, MCU Sony mess probably. (laughs) Totally. It's all his (laughs) It almost worked. His plan almost worked. What are they going to do? What are they? Oh, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about DC. We'll talk about uh, Commissioner Gordon and all that stuff. Because if you remember, JK was our uh, our new Commissioner Gordon in the Justice League. <laughs> yeah, and you couldn't even say that without laughing. It was terrible. No, yeah, <laughs> not him. Just the movie in particular. So I think he was kind of terrible as that character. I just, yeah, I think he just came there for a pay- paycheck. You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> he was like, "I've been working out. I'll, I'll do this shit." Let's uh, let's move on into good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things of the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. 
If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, guys, I really don't have a lot for Good Pop, Bad Pop this week. No real new movies that came out this week in the theater I cared to go see. I watched a bunch of stuff at home this week. So I'm just going to talk about a few of the things that I watched here real quickly uh, with a couple of announcements. I want everybody to know that the movie, the zombie movie, that I talked about, One Cut of the Dead, is now available on Shudder. So if you have a Shudder subscription, or if you're interested in Shudder, there's some things to watch on Shudder, which I'm going to talk about a few other things here. Uh, of course, they have the new Creep Show, you know, with Greg Nicotero involved. You can watch that. Two ep- well, one episode's out now. They sent me the screener for the second one. I haven't watched it yet. I just, I don't know. I, I think I'll just, because if they're sending me screeners with unfinished effects and stuff like that i can just wait a week now you know like what's the point yeah that that is kind of bizarre they wouldn't have a completed copy to send to you when mm-hmm. they're just going to air the thing a week later a week later yeah um one cut of the dead guys this is an absolute tupperware this I, I you know i reviewed it on it finally got distribution shutter picked it up i'm telling you watch one cut of the dead this is fantastic it, i think it was in theaters for like one day like last week or something, but uh, now it's available on Shutter. And then a movie that I talked about, uh, the Vietnamese action film with the female uh, action martial arts star, uh, Fury, is now on Netflix. So you can watch that on Netflix, and that's spelled F-U-R-I-E. I highly recommend this one. I think it's really fucking good. So watch Fury on Netflix. It's a Vietnamese martial arts film with a lot of action and a lot of heart. I would highly recommend it. Verve is showing the season finale of Demon Slayer tonight, Jake. Oh, wow. All right. That's on Verve, right? It's not on Funimation. I've it's been a, watching it's, that on Funimation. It's, it's Crunchyroll. It's Crunchyroll. And it's on okay. Funimation. So I think it's on both services. But, like, I've been watching it on Verve through you know, their deal with Crunchyroll. So. Yeah, yeah. it's all over the place. Soon to be on Cartoon Network in October, mm-hmm. the first dubbed version of it, I believe. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So Verve uh, season finale, Demon Slayer, cannot fucking wait. Watched three comedies this week on TV, The Return of Crank Yankers. So I watched two episodes of Crank Yankers. This is the uh, puppets that do the real prank calls from real comedians. This is the show that was... Uh, developed by Jimmy Kimmel back in the early 2000s, was on for three or four seasons. Now it's back. I don't know if it's, I think it might just be like a one season revival, but we'll see. Um, I, Kathy Griffin was on this. They had Aubrey Plaza. Uh, Adam Carolla, of course, was back as like Bertram. Tracy Morgan was back as Spoonie Love. They had Niall Standish. They had all, you know, a lot of the characters that they had back in the day on, but they had some new comics joining. They had Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster. This was a lot of fun. Um, the Spoonie Love sketch was not as funny as I thought it would be, but we're going to have more Tracy Morgan, more Spoonie Love, so that's fine. But th- it's fun. It's basically just doing the same thing that they've always done, calling businesses real live prank calls, calling businesses and fucking with people. And, uh, I had enough fun with it. Like there was a, uh, there was a sketch where they uh, called, um, a guy was calling an, a museum and he called a Wizard of Oz museum, but he thinks it's for Oz, the show on HBO about prison. (laughs) 
So, I mean, it's fun. This is a fun show. I'll, I'll give it a high taste that, you know, both episodes that I did watch, I'll give it a high taste that it had its moments. South Park had season 23 premiere. Uh, we're back with, uh, Tegrity Farms. Um, this South Park is just not letting up. It's very current with what's going on. You know, it, watch it. Tupperware this first episode. I'm not going to get into it too much, but South Park. Season 23 is back. I watch it on Hulu, which is going to leave because I think Comedy Central is developing their own thing. Like, they've got their app, of course, but I think they're developing their own channel or they're moving uh, Their in. own pay model. <laughs> well, I think they're moving into some other service or streaming service. I think, like, isn't, like, is it NBC, Universal? Are they going to be moving into Peak? I don't know. Oh, they're going into the Peacock. I don't know if they're going into Peacock or not. So, I don't know. And then I watched uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, this is the season premiere. Is it season 14? Is it season? Yeah, it would be It would be season 14 now. Yeah, season 14. Um, did you see it, Steve? I have not. I actually don't have, like, a regular cable service, so oh. I, it's hard for me to keep up with newer shows. Yeah. I recently did just watch the entire season 13, though, Yeah, and was just – I'm oh. blown away by how well that show has been able to, like, just remain <laughs> great. What about that season finale with Mac, right? I – I couldn't look away. It was it was very powerful, very wow. moving. Yeah, and I mean, you described it best with it's 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 something that they've never done before. Never, never. and it was it was awesome. I thought it was I thought it was really good. Um, I just I, I I hope that they they continue some of that feel good stuff in the rest of the series because I mean I it's just it's if you haven't watched any of. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Ever watch all of it because <laughs> it is so good. Very good. Yeah, yeah. This is one of this is one of the shows that I I actually watched this on the night that it aired. Like this was I've been watching since the beginning. So I'm not trying to get on here and be all hipster Brian, but like I've been you know watching this show since since season one. You know I actually have some of not all of the seasons, but I have some of the seasons on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, and I'll go back and watch some of my favorite episodes, even though I know I can stream them in, you know, Netflix or whatever. But, um, I was, I was like a, either a junior or a senior in high school when I started watching that show when it came out. Mm -hmm. And I remember when it was on FX and I was like, Ooh, Danny DeVito in a show. I've got to see this. Well, he wasn't even on the first season. Like he became a fan of the show and then they brought him on and he just blended so well into that cast. Yeah. Maybe I was a season late then. Yeah. I must have been a senior then. First season, it was Danny DeVito less, and then he didn't join until the second season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I didn't realize the new season started this week. Yeah, started this week. Uh, the first, this first season premiere, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I I fucking loved it. Uh, they the gang, both different groups. You've got you know Mac, and then of uh, D and uh, Dennis. They start their B and B, their Airbnb, and then you've got, you know, uh, Charlie and uh, Frank who start their own Airbnb, and you know, <laughs> shit just happens. Like Mac is doing it so they can have what's called like this. It's kind of like a rom com parody where like they have this 
couple, like a, a woman come in and then he lay, like lays out this whole scenario for Dennis to do the, what, what he's calling a meet cute. Like, so they're going to meet in a cute way, kind of like in these rom-coms and he's trying to set up a meet cute where they meet in this really cute way. And then Dennis is able to find love. Um, of course, Charlie and Frank don't hear meat cute and they hear meat cubes and they want to eat meat cubes the entire episode. And so it's, it's, and they start their own fucking Airbnb and it's pretty fucking hilarious. I Tupperware it. I thought it was great. Absolutely love the, the season premiere. Um, and then I have three more things that I want to talk about, but I'm going to talk about one. I'll pass it off. I did watch the second episode of American Horror Story, uh, 1984. And in the second episode, I'm still going to Tupperware this. I am loving this show that we get our first kind of like Ryan Murphy twist revealed in this second episode, but there's absolutely no explanation for it. So there's still a lot of mystery, like something out of the ordinary is happening in this like reimagining of a 1980s slasher film which is like halloween meets friday the 13th in all the best ways Mm -hmm. and we've got this first twist revealed but there's no explanation for it and even the characters are trying to guess like what's happening with this thing that's going on so i'm still loving it i'm hoping that this season does not shit the bad because like this is the first season in a long time that I felt like I am watching something really awesome here with American Horror Story. This could end up being um, my second favorite next to Murder House that first season. This is really fucking good so far. So it's too early to tell, though, Jake. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Just like with any good hor- like horror movie, it, it has to stick the landing, right? Like the whole thing could be for naught mm-hmm. if the final thought is just a bunch of gobbledygook. So yeah. Yeah, yeah but, hard to hard to rate this as a whole until you've seen the whole thing. But yeah, as far as the first two episodes go, it's been a great ride so far. Oh, have you seen the second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it. I'm I'm loving it. Yeah. honestly, I, I'm right there with you. Um, it's definitely like so far on pace to be one of my three, four favorite seasons of the series so far. Absolutely, and I'm loving the fact that we not only get one slasher, we're getting. The Night Stalker and Mr. Jingles. Like, I think this adds like a whole new layer to everything, and I love it. I fucking love it, dude. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I know, maybe I was naive, but I kind of thought the Night Stalker stuff was just kind of the prelude to the whole series and a way to get the character to the camp. I, I was a little bit taken aback that he did indeed find her like he he promised he would yeah yeah so yeah. i i guess i'm stupid naive for not realizing that was going to happen but i mean you know it's fun to be a little bit gullible when it comes to these you know kind of tropey paint yeah. by numbers but turn it on its head homages to these classic movies ryan murphy always keeps you guessing and sometimes when we get the answers we're not always happy but we'll see how the season goes i'm i'm i am highly enjoying this season i really want to see the new ryan murphy netflix show i haven't got a chance to watch any episodes of it yet but it's that politician show do you know what i'm talking about yeah just uh netflix sent me uh sent me an email about it we we added a show you might like hey brian we added a show you and they used my name hey brian we added a show you might like. <laughs> 
Yeah, I get those too. It's got Ryan Murphy favorite Jessica Lange in it. And I believe Gwyneth Paltrow's in it. Oh, and it's nice. about like a school president election type thing. Huh. Uh, it looks really good. I, yeah. I watched the trailer for it, and it looked really Ryan Murphy and really good. Have to check that out. Yeah, very cool. Hey, Steve, what do you got for Good Pop, Bad Pop, sir? Um, I recently, uh, as far as like seeing new stuff goes, I recently started watching uh, a show on Netflix. It may have been brought up before, but I know there's not the, – the automotive thing doesn't get brought up here a lot, and I'm, I'm a car guy. But I recently started on Netflix uh, the show Hyperdrive. And I know a while back they tried diving in – Netflix tried diving into their own original series with The Fastest Car, which mm, was mm-hmm. definitely more like I guess story-driven for like the drivers where Hyperdrive is just like – it's like all-out – it's like watching like an all-out just competition show but with cars is and it, it's this super entertaining. This isn't the, the Idris Elba car thing, right? No, it, and it's weird because when I when I saw the trailer for it, it was right around the time I think I was listening to you guys talk about the Idris Elba thing, and I was like, oh, that must be it. And it turns out this is entirely something different, but it's still in that same like vein of like you, they're just they're they're doing stunt driving, but it's all relatively like based around uh, drifting, mm-hmm. and they they add certain elements to it, like they got. Uh, one of the tracks later on in the series has this rail slide where they, they have to slide this their car across two straight rails for 80 feet that goes over a river. So they definitely, like, amp shit up a lot for this show, and it's really, really entertaining to watch. Um, it's got I, – I, I can't think of the name of the show that my buddy compared it to. I want to say American Ninja Warrior was I, I think that's what he compared it to. Hmm. Um, I might be off on that title though, but it's it's a super fun show. It's it's relatively fast paced. It's definitely eventful, and they they give you people that you can you know they they give you people to love and they give you people to hate, and you know you kind of see how it it all pans out. But it's definitely a show that's way more fast paced than I would say the fastest car is. So if you're into watching stuff that is automotive related, I would highly recommend checking that one out. I think with Ford versus Ferrari coming out, I think a lot of people when they see that movie are going to be probably tuning in to watch shows like this. I I think that, uh, you know, for me, I'm excited for Ford versus Ferrari. Like you have no idea. That second trailer came out. I'm, I'm loving the second trailer. Um, this show, how you're describing it, I could definitely see kind of like the comparisons to like an American Ninja Warrior type of setup, you know, just, just different events and things like that, of course. But, um, yeah. 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 It's super fun. I would highly recommend it. Very cool. Jake, do you think, do you think Tom Cruise will ever do a, uh, Days of Thunder sequel? I fucking hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I could see that happening. I mean, it, he seems to be into doing, you know, revisiting franchise of old. And that seems like a pretty beloved franchise. Like, you, I never hear people. You think he'll do uh, Far and Away 2? I think that is not going to happen. <laughs> did, you, did you like Far and Away? It was okay. I thought the first half was better than the second half. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it all. I loved the whole thing. <laughs> I, lo- I yeah, love that I like the early movie. stuff. I like the, when he gets into the boxing fight. Yeah. Yeah, him and Nicole Kidman. Such a great movie. (laughs) 
It's really good. Not a terrible movie. I loved it, man. I loved it. And the little, and them, and then get them getting their land at the end, planting their flag, cheating. Loved it. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that too. I remember collecting the Days of Thunder cars from like fucking like Hardee's and shit when that movie came out. Oh really? I don't. I don't remember that. Yeah, they had like the, all the different cars, and I was for some reason I was really into that movie when you know, I was young. You know what I want? I want a Michael Rooker action figure, and I'm not talking about like him as a character playing. <laughs> you want Michael Rooker? Yeah, I like on the card <laughs> on the card for the figure. I just want it to say Michael Rooker, <laughs> and just be him, and wearing like one of those fucking hipster hats that he always wears. He does wear a lot of hipster hats. He totally does, doesn't he? <laughs> You were not wrong. Days of Thunder was, uh, sorry. You're fine. Oh, uh, no, Days of Thunder was one of those ones that it it came out a couple years before I was born, but still also something I I watched heavily in my childhood. My dad kind of threw that one on me. He was heavy into racing. So I, I would love to see Tom Cruise come back and and do a a sequel to that. That would be pretty wild. That's, I mean, I honestly, when, when this Ford versus Ferrari thing comes out, I, you know, I, it, who knows? It, it could, it could start that. Cause like, I'll be honest with you. It's very cool to go in a, in a theater that's got the Dolby Digital, that's got the Atmos and to hear these sounds. Like that's part of the fun. Like I cannot wait to see mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick and to hear, uh, the sounds, just, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the rumbling of the engines and, and the flying and the zipping by and all that stuff. I, I love that. And then the same thing goes with like Ford versus Ferrari. Like I'm hoping that this will put a spark under Tom Cruise's butt, maybe to do a sequel for uh, Days of Thunder. Um, you know, so let we'll see how this goes. So uh, very cool. What was that show called again? Uh, Hyperdrive. Hyperdrive. Check it out. Hyperdrive. It's on Netflix, correct? Yes, it is. There we go. Uh, what What was your rating? Uh, I'd give it a Tupperware. I had a blast watching it. How many episodes and how long are the episodes? Uh, it's, I believe it's 10 episodes and they're yeah. all roughly an hour long. Hey, just go. But yeah. each, each episode they have, a, it's, a, it's a series of people that compete. Um, at the end of every episode, a couple people, one person gets knocked off and two people have to face head to head to see who goes home. And they just dwindle down to less and less people as the series comes to a close. And they get to the top, I believe, eight for the last three episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, the tracks all progressively get harder and harder and harder. But they're all in the same – they're all in the same spot. They're in like this industrial park where they utilize the same kind of – some of the same things. Like they have this water thing and then this – bridge that you have to actually balance the car like on the bridge to get it level that's pretty fucking wild wow um but they they utilize it it differently for each race and then they add things and take things away and it's it's definitely a lot a lot of fun and you you're seeing real people like there's like a couple of the like i'm i'm big into cars i'm big into following drifting there's two guys that i follow that made it onto this show that I follow on Instagram that I've just, I've known about for a couple of years and then they pop up on this show. So getting to see like some really high energy, high level, high, just it, it's, it's an insane experience. Cause you're watching these guys take these cars and just go balls to the wall with them all the way through. And it's, it's a blast. So if, yeah, if you like competition shows where people get eliminated and if you like, uh, 
you know, racing. You hear that, dorks? If you like fucking Mario Kart and you like, you like, you like Survivor, Jake, am I just, did I basically just call you a dork, Jake? Oh, it's. <laughs> I just, I'm fucking with you. I, dude, I love Mario Kart as well. And I fucking, I, I hit the mute button and cried a little bit, but it's cool. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. Facebook. Facebook's blowing up! <laughs> Big, Brian's a bully! You guys get a chance to try the Mario Kart on the phones that came out this week? No. I have not, but I'm looking forward to downloading it. <laughs> I give it a resounding toss it. Oh, wow. oh, no. Yeah, it's got a really stupid paywall. They actually expect you to pay five bucks a month. I saw that on Reddit. People were bitching about that. Yeah, it's not that fun to begin with. Like, it's neat. But I'm not the biggest fan of tilt control racing games on my phone in the first place. It just uh, kind of feels unnatural to me. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah, have, that. like, that Mario Kart feel. Like, to me, Mario Kart is getting that perfect drift with that controller, Don't you, you know, fl- flinging should, those weapons. Like, Should Nintendo come out with an attachment that you can connect to your phone, like maybe on the sides that turns it into an actual kind of, like, controller? I mean, or? that's interesting. But at that point, it's just basically the Switch. So I, I think they should just develop phone games that are meant to be like inclusive phone games and be a yeah. bit more creative. If they're going to have a cell phone game division, quit trying to just port all your most popular things over and maybe be a bit more creative. Like it, it feels like their cell phone division is against everything Nintendo has always stood for back on their platform and handheld division. So it, it's very odd. Let's say Nintendo let me make a Mario game. And I made it, and it only cost a buck, and it wasn't even a game, and it was called Mario Fart, and it was just an app that you downloaded, and you pushed Mario, and he would fart. How many people do you think that that would blow up? People, do you think people would buy that? Do you think I could make a living off of making Mario Fart? I think you would get some sales until Nintendo shut the shit down. But yeah, I, in a hypothetical world where Nintendo co-signed this and gave you the gold seal, I think you could retire off of Mario Fart. Mario Fart would be huge. I think Mario Fart would be huge. And people would talk about it years later. Like, there would be, like, you know, like, remember when VH1 did, like, I Love the 80s? They would, like, years from now, like, you know, I I developed this in 2019. There would be, like, I love the whatever the fuck we're calling these years. I don't even know, Jake, what they're calling these years. But, like, I love that. And then, like, all these, like, Michael Ian Black would be, like, do you remember the Mario Fart game? Yeah, and then like you all these comics. Wait, like yeah, you make them wait like seventeen years for fucking Mario Fart Two, right? And then they got the bass player from Anthrax. He's like, yeah, I remember that game. <laughs> <laughs> He's all old. Yeah. Chris Jericho's like, oh yeah, Mario Fart's what got me into rock and roll. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Hal Sparks is back doing those. Hal Sparks. Hal Sparks. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, Mario fart, and he pulls it up, and you see it on the screen. He starts touching, yeah, it's me, Mario, you know, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I had fun with it for about ten, fifteen minutes, yeah. but honestly, I just deleted it off my phone once I was done. Yeah, yeah. What you got? Anything else, Jake? As far as good, that wasn't even good pump, bad pump. You were just, we were just talking no, about just, Mario Kart. Just blabbing about the Mario Kart game. I was sad. I was saddened by it. Yeah. Yeah, that's did, disappointing. <laughs> did you did you play? Have you have you opened your uh, have you played your Sega Genesis Mini? I haven't even opened my box yet. 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I fucked with it for about a good three, four hours a couple days ago. Really? I haven't even opened the box yet. It's still in the box. I plan on playing it this weekend. just haven't had time. I did an entire playthrough of Altered Beast already. <laughs> did you? Nice. <laughs> yeah. How does it, how, okay, how is it? Like, uh, how is the system? Are you enjoying the controls? Is it, is it, does it yeah, feel like playing? Yeah, I think playing? it's very nice. Um, on, um, it's a little bit better than the Nintendo minis in that they are a little bit more giving on the cord length of the controllers to the system. Um, it's God. still not as good as you would want it to be, but sure. it's probably at least double what the Nintendo one was. Right. So you can actually sit on the couch and have this thing on the shelf without like being tethered to it a right. little bit more than the Nintendo ones. Nice. Yeah, it's really nice. It's got a good selection of games. Um, it, my one gripe, and I'm not even a big sports guy, but man, they couldn't have thrown. They should have thrown like two or three of the bigger sports titles on here. When I, when I think of the Sega Genesis, I think of some of those classic sports games, and there's not just a single one of them on here. I just why the fuck did they throw Kid Chameleon on it? Yeah, that's that's a weird. There's some weird inclusions to not have like at least one Madden on here. Well, you got also like how much money do they want to use the name even for the Sega Genesis Mini at that point? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, yeah, it's it's a neat little system though. I you know I wasn't gonna get one because a lot of these games are on that um, Nintendo compilation, but I had a Best Buy gift certificate and it thing cost me like eight bucks and I I just couldn't even help myself. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I was, I pre-ordered mine a long time ago and then they, they shipped it to me. So I, I plan on playing it, but, uh, just haven't gotten around to it. Um, I remember schoolyard fights about which system the Genesis or the Super Nintendo came with the better pack-in free game. So it was Altered Beast versus Super Mario World and, uh, Boy, Mario World really stood the test of time when it came to that argument. Well, yeah, I mean, well, Altered Beast was just, but it was cool though because Altered Beast was originally just an arcade game too. Like you could yeah, go yeah, to the arcade yeah. and play it. So, but yeah, of course, Super Mario. You know, yeah, it's just crazy how you know, twenty years later, it, it's that game is still extremely playable. Doesn't really even feel or look dated. Where well, for the longest time, it was it was. Uh, it was just down to like which character do you like more, uh, Sonic or, or Mario? That was a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was hard to fight against Altered Beast when you were, you know, twelve years old on the playground too. I mean, you turned into a fucking werewolf and dragon. And yeah, it was like Mario stood no ground in this argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's, there's, there, you can have love for both. You know, I still have. Oh yeah, yeah, very... it's hilarious. When I heard that "Rise from the Grave" again, I was I was laughing pretty hard. I, I put a lot of quarters into Altered Beast. Oh, me too. Oh crap, dude. Yeah, uh, Aladdin's Castle. They had it out there, man. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a good game. Was a I, I remember game. beating it in the arcade too. It, it, the Genesis. A lot of times, the arcade games really downsized when you put them onto the home platforms. But mm-hmm. Altered Beast was a pretty good one. It was like eighty percent the same. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. If we could have only got an exact translation of Smash TV to a home console. Yeah. I was hugely disappointed at all the versions of that. Oh God. Smash TV. God damn. So good. Yeah, they put out, they put out an acclaim collection, I believe on the PlayStation 2 that had an arcade version of that on it. Uh, yeah. But it just, you have to play it with the joystick, like the actual, arcade joystick it just something about it felt that. pretty good on like the double analogs really 
Yeah, because you're moving with one analog and you're shooting with the other analog. Like, yeah. it worked pretty decently on those PlayStation controllers. Okay, fair enough. I saw The Last Days of Phil Hartman. This was originally aired on ABC. You can rewatch it, though, on Hulu. It's about an hour and 20 minutes or so. Um, not going to get into this one too much. Uh, uh, it's, 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 it's very good. It's very good. I think, um, it not, not only goes into the last days of Phil Hartman. If you remember Phil Hartman, comedian from, uh, Saturday Night Live, um, you know, got a start in the Groundlings Theater and then, you know, became friends with Paul Rubens and was Captain Carl on, on, you know, Pee Wee's Playhouse. And then, and of course, like I said, went to Saturday Night Live and then went on to do films and of course, news radio. But, um, in 90, I think it was it 98, Jake, where his wife Bryn shot and killed him. And it was uh, basically out of jealousy. She was trying to break into Hollywood and he got everything and then wasn't home a lot. And she shot and shot and killed him. Um, nobody saw this coming. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. And um, this is this is good. It it. it, it doesn't just get into that like it starts with like his beginnings like who phil hartman was and why everybody loved him people close to him it, they have interviews with his close personal friends uh they also have interviews with like andy dick they have you know other you know news radio um personalities interviewed um they talk to uh, uh some people from snl i this is this is good. I, if, if you're a Phil Hartman fan, I think this is something you're going to want to watch. I, I learned a lot about him that I did not know, uh, especially like Phil Hartman in the 60s, like what he was up to. Phil Hartman as a high school student and what people thought of him. Like he's always been able to make people laugh. They talk very interesting story about him going to like uh, a, a, a hot spring, one of these hot springs where there's so much steam that you can't see your hand in front of your face and Apparently there was like hundreds of people in this hot spring and he started to do a John Wayne impersonation and, uh, impression and held everyone's attention for two hours, his friend said, and just, <laughs> just a magnetic personality. Like this is, I, hi, you're going to get some of those stories in this. You're, he just led an incredible I always remember life. him going on Letterman and then dubbing him the, uh, man of a thousand voices mm -hmm. on Letterman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, he did like some like 16, 17 appearances on Letterman. They said that he was a, just a guy that they could count on, like old faithful, like, you know, he could come on there and give him something great every time. So they loved bringing him on. Um, and then of course, like his character voices that he did on The Simpsons and they, they get into all that. This is, I would watch this. I, of course, it is depressing. Um, that, you know, <laughs> but, at the same time, I felt like I learned a lot about Phil Hartman um, that I didn't know, that I didn't know. So I, I would highly recommend it. I'll give it a uh, I'll give it a Tupperware because I love Phil Hartman. Small Soldiers, they talk about it a little bit. I saw that movie twice in the theater, Jake. That movie fucking slayed me. Yeah, the Gorgonites. Yeah, yeah I, Phil Hartman calls him the Gorgonzolas. <laughs> in that <laughs> That's funny. That's he's, funny. He's waving a white flag of surrender out and saying, he's like, uh, Gorgonzolas. I was just dying. So funny. Um, do you guys have anything else for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Um, I wanted to talk briefly about, I got the uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening remake. Have you heard of this? No. 
This is um, a remake of the original 1993 Game Boy game, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Um, and this is really cool. This is most remakes are just kind of a fresh coat of paint. And a lot of that has come out lately. You know, Mario All-Stars has done it. Crash Bandicoot recently. Crash Racing. All the Sonic games do it. But this is actually like a ground-up remake. And it's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Like, obviously, the limitations of the original Game Boy were a lot. So to take this thing and move it to the Switch, they had to pretty much redesign it from the ground up. And, um, yeah, it's amazing how modern of a game this feels like with really not introducing any new elements to it other than a fresh coat of paint and, you know, like building the world into one big seamless world instead of screen to screen to screen. So like a lot of like conceits and modern video games can be found right here in this 1993 Zelda Game Boy game. You know, a lot of the fetch quest stuff that you see in a lot of the later Nintendo games and just uh, even the later Zelda games, there's a lot of the original stuff going on here. So, yeah, this has always been a fan favorite in the Zelda community, too. Um, this is the one Zelda game that takes place outside of Hyrule. Um, there's appearances from other video game characters, like there's some Mario and Kirby stuff actually in this Zelda game. And they, they still keep all that stuff in the remake. So, yeah, this, this is really neat. I, I strongly recommend people to try this out even if they're not familiar with the original 1993 game if you're looking for that uh hold a fill after breath of the wild and you're a big zelda fan now this is definitely worth your time i think it's a great top-down zelda game um and for those that are familiar with the old zelda games and haven't played this this very much plays like the super nintendo zelda game it's a top-down dungeon puzzle quest fest so yeah check this out it's a giant tupperware um, Nintendo's just having a hell of a year this year. Uh, Kirby, that character was the, the, he was the, uh, marshmallow looking guy. Did he swallow shit? Was that his thing? Yeah, he would swallow shit and then he would gain an ability based on who he swallowed. Wouldn't that be awesome if the same worked for blowjobs? Like, <laughs> uh, depending. Like, I, dude, I would be, I would be, uh, blowing Jeff Bezos, the, uh, Amazon guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I when I was like, who would be the first person Brian would blow? My head went to Michael Jordan. I, you know, so I could gain his basketball ability at forty one. Yeah, so you could go through some power dunks and shit. I'm, I'm, nah, I, my knees wouldn't hold up in today's game, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that that his sperm would 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 heal me? It's not the sperm. It's it's the the Latin ability inside of in Kirby that gives him the power. Hmm? Why am I say? Why am I turning it into a blowjob? Would I have to eat Michael Jordan? <laughs> yes, that's how Kirby would do it. He would swallow Michael Jordan whole, and then be able to do all of his abilities. That's fucked up. Like they, you know, like. Um, so after I get arrested for being a cannibal and eating Michael Jordan. <laughs> I will be the top pick though at in 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 the yard at in prison for for basketball though, right? That that would happen. Yes, that's got to mean something to you. I would I would be proud. Yeah. I don't I don't know why I turned it into a blowjob. Just yeah, cuz you said I mean, swallow. Yeah. <laughs> I you were just trying to like do the, you know, David Goyer thing of making like Kirby more 
real life and modern. Oh man, I tried. Yeah, I do like a. It's a modern reimagining, and and uh, I was I was with you. You had me. Yeah, a more adult contemporary Kirby for the for the masses. Right. I was thinking just blow Bezos so I could. So I can't imagine his dick being that big either. You know what I mean? So yeah, it all, it'd almost be like not even given one. Yeah, I think it's a small risk for a giant reward. Right. <laughs> just, I'm, like, with, I'm with you. Dude, as soon as I get done blowing that guy, I just got cash. You know what boom, I mean? Boom. Yeah, you check your bank account and it's just oh, fucking loaded. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, first I got to wipe all of his Bezos cum off my face. Yeah, then, you have two different yeah. kinds of incoming transactions going on at once. Exactly. He's, <laughs> Bezos is making a deposit into my fucking mouth, but at the same time, my bank account is just like huge. Yeah. Unlike his cock, which is, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. What if Bezos just has a, what if he has like a monster like John Holmes fucking dick? Joke's on you, but I guess you're still getting paid. All that money and a huge cock. Like, fuck you, Bezos. Yeah. You know how to play guitar too. Uh, are you are you reading are you reading up on Bezos? No, I, I just uh, shit, <laughs> shit, dude. Yeah, I start playing guitar like I'm Santana or some shit. You know, <laughs> this is from Bezos. <laughs> wow! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh boy! I'm a classic pianist. What? <laughs> oh my! Thank you, Bezos. This. This is like the master serum that I got from him. It's master serum. You do magic now. I know. Yeah, I'm fucking pulling rabbits out of hats and shit. I'm sawing ladies in half. He's sawing ladies in half with that big cock of his. (laughs) (laughs) He just, he's splitting them, you know, splitting them wide open. Uh, Next week, all the Amazon screeners are going to be pouring in. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, Amazon. <laughs> they're, not, they're not even coming out. Get all these screeners. They've officially said they're not coming out with Fleabag season three, but for some reason we get it, Jake. Like it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. First <laughs> review of all the new Lord of the Rings stuff. Let's so talk how it's us. <laughs> let's talk about yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about the primal trailer, and we'll wrap up. Good pop, bad pop here. Um, Steve, did you have something left? Uh, no, I, I mean, I did check out the Battle of Big Rock based on your recommendation from last What do you think, man? <laughs> I, um, I'm a little disappointed that I didn't check it out sooner because I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, Larry Fong and he's the cinematographer who shot that. Really? So, yeah, and he's, you know, 300 BBS, Batman vs. Superman, we won't talk about that shit. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a great cinematographer regardless of the movies he's done. And, um... And I, I was kind of sucked in right away by that, and I had to look it up afterwards because I remember seeing him post about it on Instagram, but I never made the connection. But watching it, I was absolutely blown away by how just terrifying it was. And I looked at my girlfriend, and I was like, look, if if it's that good going into the next Jurassic World movie, I'm all in. Like, I wasn't super big on Jurassic World. I'll admit I I did like Fallen Kingdom a bit more aside from the ending. I just I my problem with them is they just felt too much like they were trying to redo what the two original Spielberg movies did. Oh god. I get I do I I am in the minority here, man. Like this 
I still I still enjoyed them. I no, just, it's I, fine. I, I had I had those you know issues with them. But Steve, I, I, feel I like- was Jurassic World was on FX this week. I was waiting for It's Always Sunny to start. I watched it live. Okay. By the way, I didn't watch it on the app. People, I watched it on live from the app. That's how much I love It's Always Sunny. But I I'm watching and they, so it's the end of Jurassic World. And dude, I am, I still get pumped up when fucking Bryce Dallas Howard is running in those heels and Rexy's close behind and she throws the flare at fucking the Indominus Rex. And then the, you got the clash of the Titans. You got fucking Rexy over the hill Rexy fighting the Indominus Rex. And it's just, I, dude, I, there's something about these two massive heavyweight dinosaurs just beating the shit out of each other that I fucking love. Every time I see that scene, I just, Jake, that movie just, I love it. And it's like, I love Pratt in that role. I love him in that role of Owen. Like he's, he's a man's man. And you know, I do, there's, (laughs) it takes me back to my childhood of like, like, you know, fucking like Indiana Jones fucking King Kong movies, fucking dinosaur shit. It just, you know, Dinobots. It takes me back to all that stuff. It's all, it's, it's, it's a, I'm a glutton for it. This is all the stuff that I love that they're throwing into one fucking movie. And I don't, I, 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 it's like, it's like, um, you know, like, let's say you have a child and your child is, just probably a shitty kid, but you love your kid and you see no wrong in them. You know, like they do something, you're so proud of it and you post it and you're like, I love what they did. And everybody else is like, Oh my God, that fucking kid, that fucking kid. When we went over for dinner with the family and that fucking kid, Jesus Christ. But you know, the family loves him. That's Jurassic world to me is like that kid that can do no wrong in the parents' eyes. Um, it, that's, oh God, I'm going to shut up because that's a terrible yeah. analogy. I mean, I will, I will say, I will say you, you do got me there with the ending of Jurassic World. Cause I, I do think that like one of the, one of my favorite parts of that movie, one of the coolest shots I think of in that movie is when, uh, when blue comes back at the end. Uh, yeah. They, oh, the slow motion. Yeah. The slow motion. And then it picks up and I'm like, ah, that, that shot in 3d was just it. I wanted to stand up and just cheer oh when I was watching God. the movie theater because that was just yeah, it, absolute gold. In retrospect, I, I'm a little bit more forgiving for Jurassic World than I am Fallen Kingdom. I'm opposite of Steve on that. Jurassic World had a lot to like. Like I, I did love seeing the fully realized park finally and, and just the, the chaos of it. And it didn't really annoy me as much as Fallen Kingdom. I thought Fallen Kingdom was way worse than Jurassic World. You know where? You know what? Fallen where Fallen Kingdom got me. It was the fear factor that it had. I I, yeah. I, I felt it had more of a horror feel than so the, the original second, one did. The second half of that movie, where Jay Boyana really kind of just like flexes his horror muscle, that's where you got into the movie. Uh, I feel like it had that kind of that tone throughout. I mean, even when they were like, like the, the shot of, of them underwater and all the dinosaurs and shit coming down mm-hmm. from the cliff they came off of, like shit like that. Yeah. Like that horror feel, like they had it. It was there the entire movie. It's just, they, they lost me in the end is where I oh, think Jurassic World yeah. Fallen Kingdom went wrong with me. I mean, I, I had problems with, I guess, both movies. But I felt like I liked the second one more just based on the fact that it had more of that horror element to it. 
Jake, if I blew a T-Rex, would I gain the powers? <laughs> Brian, you just have to eat the T-Rex. You don't have to blow it. Oh, my God. I'm just wanting to blow everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck, man. Seriously, it's just it's – <laughs> Well, like you need to get it out of your system. What's a dinosaur penis look like? What, you know what I mean? They gotta have it. Mean, I don't know. I don't know. The, on the toys, it was usually just like a hump of skin between their legs. I'm talking, you know, these. I'm not talking these Spielberg dinosaurs where they don't have buttholes or penises. I'm talking about real dinosaurs with real buttholes and real penises. I wonder what. <laughs> I wonder what those dinosaur dicks look like. I want to see a dino dick and like what, you know, like does like the Brachiosaurus have a huge uh, cock, like a huge, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? I couldn't tell you because I don't have any experience with real dinosaurs. I Uh, do, however, have experience with Steven Spielberg Jurassic Park dinosaur toys. (laughs) Have you ever been driving down? Hold on. Imagine if dinosaurs are still around. First off, keep that keep that in the recesses of your brain here while I go into this. You're driving down countryside, Jake. This happens here in Illinois. You're driving down cornfields, cornfields, cornfield, fenced in area, uh, horses. Horses, you know, barn horses, and then you see the horse get up there and he's throwing his uh, hoofs up behind another horse and they're fucking each other, right? They're just, it's, you got the huge horse cock just ramming this, this, uh, female horse just going to town. You're driving. Whoa! Yeah, there we go. Can you imagine? Di- okay, now back to dinosaurs still existing. Now we're adding the dinosaur. Now, mix. can you imagine just you know walking around and you look over and you're like, what a br- big brachiosaurus, big brachiosaurus. I'm talking like you know like the they called them brontosauruses when we were kids, Jake. It was the it's the dinosaur that Fred Flintstone as he's like getting off work he slides down the tail and then jumps off the tail like he's doing some fucking weird parkour shit for the intro of the show. And of so, course. yeah, so like you're, you're driving along and you look over and it's like, oh, oh my, can you imagine that sight? Can you imagine seeing two brachiosaurus, like one brachiosaurus just throwing those big fucking dino fucking paws or whatever the fuck they call those things up in the air and just wailing away? Can you imagine the sounds of lovemaking through the air? Can you imagine? Just the can you could would you be able to feel the rumbles on the ground of the just that love making session between <laughs> this Yeah, my cup of water would start rippling. Yes. Yes, we'd get that would happen. That and that's a callback to the first <laughs> so movie. Graphic. Can you imagine just seeing that? I mean I couldn't before, but now I now I easily can. Oh my gosh. How do uh how do T Rexes fuck each other? <laughs> Right? Like, how's that That'd work? Be difficult. Like, does one just like fall over on the other one and hope that it goes in? <laughs> and then, I don't know, maybe they, maybe they, maybe T Rexes aren't attracted to each other. Maybe they fuck like the other di- dinosaurs. How does how does that happen? How do the T Rexes reproduce? They're, look at look <laughs> look at the the makeup of that creature. How does that creature fuck another one? You know what I mean? <laughs> Can you can you explain that, Jake, with the tiny arms? I think a balance has a lot to – like it's like uh, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. T-Rexes do. I think like once a T-Rex is down, it's going to be hard for them to get up. I know they get up in the movies, but I think 
I don't, I'm trying to think of the logistics here, how a T-Rex fucks another T-Rex. Anybody knows, let me know. So yeah, I don't know. Michael Cannon. Time travel, it'll be the first thing I do. Michael Cannon, I want you to draw me a picture of two, re- two T-Rexes fucking each other. <laughs> show me how this, show me how that, I do they, like, do they throw, I, I want to see like a T-Rex in a sex swing. Dude, I, I think just having regular sex is difficult enough, man. Try, what are you putting them in a sex swing for? Is that going to help? <laughs> so, so I, I, I Googled how do dinosaurs reproduce. Uh-oh. And the, <laughs> the, the, the thumbnail for the video that popped up has, has two, dinosaurs with the horns and they've got like black bars over their eyes and that's the thing that's censored over them and uh i don't even want to go into it <laughs> jake if human beings had horns on their heads that would be so cool to hold on to when you're doing the nasty right i, yeah, I mean you could do all kinds yeah. of things with the horn on your head i see i want to fuck a demon now <laughs> I want to fuck a demon. Like, yeah, grab those horns. You know what I mean? I would, I do, I, we'd have some role play. I'd pretend like they're a steer and I'd have like a lasso and I'd grab them by that fucking horn, pull them over. Now we're going to fuck and I'm going to hold on to these horns. I'm controlling you. Now I'm pulling the horns down on my dick, getting a blowjob now. You're going to get the powers. Of, <laughs> you're going to get the powers of Bezos because I do. <laughs> <laughs> stupid jake i'm sorry i just i don't even know where i'm trying i'm trying to make this funny and it's just turning dumb yeah it's all yeah, turn- i was waiting for that apology it's just it's all turning dumb uh let's talk about the primal trailer and go to break uh we talked about primal this movie coming out it's the nicholas cage film uh wonder film media released the first trailer for this uh it's an indie action thriller and it stars nicholas cage uh nicholas cage plays a big game hunter for zoos uh he's on a uh hispanic shipping freighter with uh exotic and deadly animals that he's captured from the amazon one is a 400 pound jaguar, as I, as he calls it. 400, I believe it's a 400 pounder jaguar. Man, you know, oh shit, I got another thing I gotta talk about. Fuck. Um, but anyway, so two days into the journey, a political assassin being extradited to the U.S. in secret in the hold escapes. Uh, and in the process, he releases the captive animals and throws the ship into chaos. This one stars, uh, like I said, Nicolas Cage. Uh, Kevin Durant, uh, plays the, uh, he's a great villain. Anything he's in, he plays a great villain. He's, uh, the villain here in this one. He's the, uh, mercenary assassin. Uh, and then Michael Imperioli. Uh, let's see here. This, uh, this trailer came out. It's gonna arrive. We're gonna, it's gonna be in select theaters and then on demand November 8th, so a little over a month away. But, um, Steve, what did you think about the primal trailer? I'm in. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> and, uh, Nicolas Cage is one of those people that, like, no matter what he is in, I will watch it because you're more than likely guaranteed a laugh. Um, yeah. and, and this, this actually doesn't look bad. It really doesn't look bad at all. And like, like you brought up Kevin Durant, he is Ugh. absolutely gr- like anything he is in, yeah. he fucking stands out in. Like you can go back to smoking aces. The first one with yeah. Jeremy Piven, he stands out a little bit in that movie. Like at least he did to me. So it's one of those good. guys that I always enjoy seeing him do his thing. And I mean, he's he's a bit of a badass too, so that should play into it 
fairly, I think, in a nice way. But I, I, I couldn't help but be reminded of Con Air when when Nicolas Cage was talking. Oh, I loved it. I lo- I think he. I think it's better. I think like Con Air was terrible. Like his accent was. I loved this one because it's. <laughs> he's just. He's leaning into it. I like the like the beginning of the trailer. Be careful with my cat. Yeah, and I'm just like I love it. Just lean yeah. into it, Cage. Go. And at the end, he's he's talking to Kevin Durant, telling him how he's going to put him in a cage. And I'm just like, that's your last name. That's meta as fuck. <laughs> You're getting in the cage with Cage. I loved it. It's yeah. The, um, what are you going to rate this thing, man? Um, I'll, I'll give it a high taste. It. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like some people be like, nah, that's not. That's just simply not my thing. And that's uh-huh. that's totally fine. But if if you grew up with Nicolas Cage in a way that I grew up with Nicolas Cage, you might be actually interested in this one. I mean, I will say this though. His face looks like a boiled egg <laughs> <laughs> or it looks like a fried egg or some kind of cooked egg is what his face looks like now. Oh man. It, speaking of protein, I've been blowing everybody this episode. <laughs> um, you know, here's the thing. Do you think this role could, Jake, what, what if this role Leads to Nicolas Cage being Craven the Hunter. Like, I know he's with, <laughs> do you, what, what are the chances of Nicolas Cage being Craven? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, with knowing that Craven is going to probably lead his own movie, I would think he'd have better chances if he was just going to be the villain in a Spider Man movie. He's got, but here's the thing it's, the, he's already got an in with Spider with Spider Man being uh, uh, was it the the Black Noir Spider Man in the in the movie in the oh, in I the forgot Spider-Man. about that yeah into the Spider Verse I don't know I'm just throwing it out there it's a ridiculous thing to say oh that that's that's the first ridiculous thing you've said this episode Brian I know it's about time it's about time I called myself out on it <laughs> Jake um yeah Kevin Durant Steve right I mean like this yeah. is this is some great casting here. Really good casting. I I was uh, very happy to see him in this uh, in this trailer. So, Jake, what did you think about Primal? Yeah, I thought it was a fun enough trailer. I'm gonna just give it a middle of the road taste. It. Um, I, this is definitely something I would check out on a rainy day. Um, I don't think it's gonna take itself too seriously. Um, it better not be over two hours. But yeah, if it meets those requirements, this is a movie I would watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a Tupperware, and if it was playing right now, I'd hang up with you fuckers and watch it. Like, the show would end early. I cannot wait for this. This is this just looks like fun as shit. It looks like it's gonna be fun as shit, and I cannot wait. November eighth, I'm definitely gonna try to find this playing in a theater. If not in the theater, I'm watching this one day one at home. Like this comes out four days before the Mandalorian. And, uh, so there's nothing holding me back. I, I cannot wait for Primal. I'm going to try to remember to throw the trailer in the show notes if you wanted to check it out. Otherwise, just Google Primal trailer and, uh, you'll be able to watch it yourself. This looks like a ton of fun. That 400 pound Jaguar looks so CG that, and I love it. And I love it. It looks, it seriously, it looks like, you know, like it's, uh, in a video game. It looks like a video game, fucking Jaguar, Jaguar. Yeah, I definitely four hundred pound Jaguar out for sure. I I come back from Vegas the day it comes out, so we'll see. I love I love like uh, what's his first line in this? Be careful with my cat. Yeah, be, yeah. That's be careful with my cat. 
He's real. He's like, that's his cat. My pet cat. And yeah. then they cut to the surprise that it's not just an ordinary pet cat. It's a 400-pound <laughs> white jaguar. Well, it, later, even later on in the trailer, the one guy's like, well, even if we have to go after that cat, he's like, you you shoot my cat, I'm going to blow your head off. <laughs> oh, man. man. Everyone's got great Nick Cage impersonations on this episode. <laughs> man. That's, uh, Why the, couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? The, the, <laughs> the script here from Richard Leader is just amazing. It's just some great lines he's written for Cage. Perfect. Uh, I, sw- I I said, uh, speaking of uh, big cats, um, I watched a movie. Uh-oh. Did you blow those too? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's, I, uh, um, yeah, I gave, I gave oral to a mountain lion this weekend. Yeah. You better stop blowing my cat. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, meow. Uh, I watched, uh, a movie, uh, it's in select theaters, but you can watch it on Shutter. It's, uh, called Tigers Are Not Afraid. And, uh, this one is, uh, a dark fairy tale about a gang of five children trying to survive the horrific violence of the cartels and the ghosts created every day by the drug war. It's directed by, directed and written by, uh, Issa Lopez. I'm not gonna talk about this one too much, um, other than to say it is a Tupperware. This is a fantastic film. It's only about an hour and 20 minutes. Um, it has a very high rating, I know, on, um, Rotten Tomatoes, too. Very high. Issa Lopez, like, this is the first thing of hers that I've ever watched. And after watching this, she, her style and this movie really reminds me of, like, you know, young Guillermo del Toro. Um, And not only does, like, this movie kind of, like, capture weirdly, oddly, child, child wonderment as far as, like, children's imaginations... But it's also very dark. Like these kids are like, they don't have parents. They live on the streets. There's a, a gang, this cartel that, you know, takes these, takes their parents and, and sells them into, you know, some sort of like sex trafficking or, or just kills them. And then these kids are left to just roam the streets. And, but you have this girl who, uh, and, and the movie starts off with like a, a school shooting, which is like, it's scary. At the beginning of this movie, you're like fearful for these kids and uh, you're not seeing it, but you're hearing it and you see kids like on the, on the, uh, on the, on the ground just, uh, in fear. Um, they're going over, uh, things that you would, the teacher before that is all happening is going over things that you would hear like in a classic fairy tale and the kids start to throw out like, you know, three wish, wishes and princess and princesses and, uh, foxes and, um, um, tigers and jaguars and stuff. I will say I love the my uh, the Spanish language with them saying cat names is just beautiful. Like the way we say them: jaguars, panthers, tigers. They're like panteros, and then they say jaguars. And what is the other one? Tigress. I'm just like, oh my, I love the rolling of the tongue and I love the way these cat names sound in Spanish. It's a fucking, it's a fucking beautiful language. We all say this shit like we're all Nicolas Cage to them. Like when we start saying like Jaguar, they all, I guarantee you, like every Latin person is just hearing Nicolas Cage come out of our voices. Like Jaguar, Tiger, <laughs> Panther. You know, like they say, it's fucking beautiful. 
Jaguar. I'm like, oh my god! Roll that tongue. It's beautiful. What a fucking beautiful language. And Jaguar. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, this fucking movie. Uh, kids, kids on the streets trying to survive, and they bring attention to the one of the cartels. This girl, it's a, it's a uh, dark. It's kind of like a, it's a dark fairy tale where she actually gets three wishes. But after she makes every, after she makes a wish, something bad happens. So it's. It, what, just watch this movie. If you have a Shutter account, I highly recommend it. You can get a free week of Shutter, seven days, if you just want to sign up for it. You can watch Tigers Are Not Afraid. You can watch the new Creep Show with Greg Nicotero. So definitely check it out. I, this is one that I highly recommend. It's a Tupperware, and um, it doesn't uh, pull any punches. Like it, there, there are dark things that fucking happen, and you fall in love with these fucking kids. You will fall in love with these fucking kids. Um there's even a child that doesn't even talk in the movie, but trust me, by the end of this, I, I, I loved that kid. I, I really liked all the child actors in this. Um, so yeah, uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid, directed by Issa Lopez. It is a 100% Tupperware. So watch it. It's really fucking good. Yeah, that sounds cool. I hadn't heard of that. Getting on that kids horror thing going on that's so popular with it and Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this is, uh, but this, uh, yeah, this is, this is different. There's something, there's something very different about this. Something very early Guillermo del Toro with this. I'm talking like going back to like Pan's Labyrinth. You know what I mean? Like this is fucking, this is really good shit. Not saying that Stranger Things and it aren't, but you know, just, no, I got this you, is, is really, this is a different style. You doing okay over there, Jake? Yeah, I'm fine. You sure? Sound you yeah. sound uh are you uh, you sound you, I don't know you sound different. <laughs> I think I'm okay. How, how are you doing, Steve? I, I'm I'm great. Okay. I'm I'm hanging in there. I just got done posting a, a a piece of video for my job at yeah. I have to post like what's called micro content for advertising, basically for the videos that I make. So. I have scheduled times that I'm supposed to do that, and I just had to do that. Oh, but I'm good. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, you can. That's uh, that's why we do this. I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I I don't mean that as in a way like I wasn't paying attention. It only took me a couple minutes to to do that. But yeah, no, no. I'm I'm you, I'm good. I'm having an you, absolute blast. I actually just posted to my Instagram about recording with you guys. Don't don't no you don't even apologize. You really put. <laughs> You really put me at ease when you said you're hanging in there. So thank you. <laughs> I mean, I have a absolute blast with you guys. I mean, how much do you want me to suck your dick? Oh I mean, man, we, you're not gonna, that. you're not gonna get any powers. I'll tell you that much. There's like nothing, like you'll get nothing from me. I actually, you might actually go to your bank account and have less money after <laughs> sucking my dick. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh fuck, I'm being audited by the IRS. God damn it, Brian. Like, you know, so. <laughs> go out to your car, have no gas there. There's like, a, they put a boot on it. You're just like, what the <laughs> fuck? It's, it's my driveway. Ah, this makes no sense. All right. Let's be like, how'd they get in my garage? Oh man, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh we'll do I don't know. What's a format, Jake? We'll just we'll <laughs> Marvel news, DC news, we got, other well, random news, Star yeah. Wars news. There we go. Thank you. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you two will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt. And the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. Hey, we are back, and it is now time for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right, and quick news. Uh, BoJack Horseman will end with uh, Season 6 on Netflix. So the uh, Season 6 trailer is out now. I have not watched it. I am just going to go in fresh. I haven't watched the uh, El Camino trailer either. I've heard about it, though. The Breaking Bad movie? Yeah, same. I have not. I saw that it was released, but I've not seen the trailer yet. Steve, I gotta know that you you've definitely watched this thing, haven't you? Uh, I watched the teaser for it, um, where they showed Skinny Pete sitting there being interviewed by the cops. I watched that. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything else further yeah. of it because I'm I'm hooked either way. Yeah, and because it got to a point where. Breaking Bad started showing up in the now trending part of my Netflix that I've actually begun watching Breaking Bad again from the beginning. Nice. Um, I, I just want to go in fresh off of, you know, the, the series and not, I don't want any, I don't want to know anything like, like I just, I want to go into it fresh. Cannot wait for this one, man. Cannot. Yeah. Wait. I'm, I, I am all in either way. <laughs> Are you going theater? Are you going theater? They're going to have it in, out in theaters for a weekend. Um, if there is a theater nearby that I'm, the, if there's a theater nearby that shows it, I probably definitely will. Um, just because I, with the season coming to sort of a close, with the summer season sort of coming coming to a close, and by then all car related things will kind of be over with. I'll have a lot of time on the weekends to be able to go do that. I think I want to go opening night with who I believe are going to be Breaking Bad fans. I think that's the way to watch it. Like when I went and saw Meth Heads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know about. I, yeah, I don't know Are about you calling that me a method. <laughs> no, I just the true Breaking Bad fans. <laughs> the, the ones that the show's about. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking like who I'm blowing in this scenario, and I'm not. It's not coming to me. I'm <laughs> um. Other, uh, yeah, I'm definitely, I think I, like, when I went and saw The Walking Dead, uh, the premiere for, like, season seven or whatever the fuck it was, and I saw it with, like, real Walking Dead fans, um, it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun, I'll be honest with you. Um, and no commercials. It was, I loved it. It was great. It was like watching a movie. Um, 
Also in quick news, Keanu Reeves talked with E.T. Online and confirmed not only is the script for The Matrix 4 done, but he's also read it. And he uh, was quoted as saying, it's very ambitious, as it should be. So, um, yeah, th- I, this is full steam ahead. Matrix 4 is happening, Jake. Yeah, I, I couldn't be less excited. I ugh. I mean, maybe they'll redeem the franchise with this movie. I guess that's the best case scenario. Yeah. But, I mean, things like ambitious really scare me because I feel like those are the same kind of things they threw around for the second and the third movie, and we yeah. saw the turds they were. Well, that's what, I mean, the, the first one kind of like, you know, it was a technological achievement. And, like, how how are you going to outdo that? I feel like... You know, Gemini Man, which the reviews are mixed on that one for people that have seen it. They say it's like a technological, you know, fucking achievement, but like the plot isn't there. Um, so I just, I, like, what is, what is the Matrix 4 gonna do to reinvent the Matrix? I, 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 hmm, I, I, I don't, I don't see it happening. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting once we finally get like the the first trailer and see. Here's the thing: I the, the direction that they that I'm thinking that they might go in in this one is like, you know, everybody's been freed from the Matrix, but I think like the real world that they've been waking up to. Oh, you're free! Set your mind free. The real world that they've been waking up to kind of sucks. Kind of you know, post apocalyptic and. Probably sucks. I think. I think we're going to find out that a lot of people want to go back into the Matrix. They don't want to be woken up from this, and I think it like kind of speaks to the world that we live in today, where we've all got our phones, uh, our faces in our phones, and we're not out there really. Uh, not everybody, but we're all like not out there living in the real world. And even when we are, we're just throwing it up on Instagram for everybody to you know, like it or whatever the fuck or, you know, and so. Steve's not even podcasting. He's Instagramming to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't even live I'm in here. You can't even live in this moment, Steve. You're like, I, I'm here. So uh, what do you, it's like, Steve, how you doing? Uh, I'm hanging in there, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> By a thread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, moments away from bailing but i'm here we, <laughs> we i love having steve on i love having him on jake yeah i couldn't help bust his balls there when you when you brought up posting on social media <laughs> you were doing things no i kind of someone so, that was just doing that <laughs> totally fine i'm i'm fine with being the butt of the joke uh, it's a like, tmi steve like you didn't even have to tell us i didn't know you were fucking around <laughs> yeah, I haven't been on Instagram for four years. I never would have saw. You caught me off guard. <laughs> That's what it was. I was just like, oh fuck yeah, because like I literally hit post, and you're like Steve, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do I say? What do I do? Uh, bloody! And I was qu- like, oh fuck. <laughs> More quick news. Bloody disgusting is reporting that actor Tony Todd is reprising his role as the Candyman. In uh, what people were once uh, touting as Jordan Peele's spiritual sequel to the original film, but now with Tony Todd reportedly back in the role, this is uh, looking like it's going to be more of a direct sequel to Candyman. I believe Candyman 2 was kind of a prequel. Um, so 
I don't know about any other movies in the franchise, but this looks like it, it looks like it's going to be a direct sequel, kind of taking that Halloween approach, you know? Um, yeah, that's popular. Terminator's doing the same thing re- coming up here too. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. So, uh, Tony Todd reprising his role. I, man, he's got to be happy about this. Yeah, this just seemed like a kind of a long, strange journey with this Candyman thing. I, I know at first a lot of reports were saying he was upset that the project was happening, that he wasn't being contacted. And now here we are where he seems like he's very much a big part of the upcoming Jordan Peele Candyman project. Yeah, I want to see these two collaborate, you know. this is uh... Yeah, it's probably a good thing. You know, Normally I side with the camp where let's just do it brand new and it feels kind of cheesy to have, you know, the people associated with the franchise past show up in the new reboot. But honestly, I, Candyman is so synonymous with the Tony Todd version of it. It's very much in the Nightmare on Elm Street vein, where when you tried to do it without Robert England, it just yeah. was like, ugh, what is this garbage? Yeah, so let's get Jackie yeah. Earl Haley. We'll get, we'll get Rorschach in here to do it. And, yeah, no. Yeah, it's just uh, part of the the Candyman horror and the character is Tony Todd, and I don't mm-hmm. think you could reproduce it properly without him, honestly. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And under the direction of Jordan Peele, um, is he directing or just producing? I thought he was directing. Very cool. But I, I don't yeah. know. I can't confirm nor deny that. I, I know he's involved in some capacity. Yeah. Did you watch Candyman, Steve? Is this in your wheelhouse? Uh, in my early years, yes. And with my ex, I know she made me watch them a couple times. But I, I, I'm excited to see this comeback and them do it well because, like, like uh, you guys had brought up Jackie Earl Haley as uh, as Freddy, and that was not that was bad. But um, <clears throat> I, and, and I really liked. I really like Jackie Earl Haley as an actor too. I think he's really oh, yeah. he does a good job in the roles he's in. So that was like it sucked having him in a bad movie. But um I'm hoping with the fact that like they're they're able to bring Tony Todd back. I mean, I remember Tony Todd with the bees and shit scaring the shit out of me when I was a little kid. So I I'm I'm hoping that it 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 isn't bad. I'm I, I I, this is kind of the first news that I'm hearing about Tony Todd's involvement, so I'm I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we got Jordan Peele involved in this one. Everything he touches right now is just gold. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping he can continue that streak and not lose the steam that he that he seems to have because yeah. everything he does is really good. Yeah. I don't want to see him stretch too thin. You know, it seems like he's got his hand in a lot right now. So, uh, news from the Hollywood Reporter, uh, we got a new director for Uncharted, the, the Tom Holland Uncharted, uh, movie based on the, uh, you know, the, uh, Sony video game, Sony PlayStation game. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg left the project. We don't know why, but it looks like Travis Knight, the Bumblebee director and, uh, director for Kubo and the Two Strings, um, is in talks to direct the video game adaptation. So I was really bummed when we lost Dan Trachtenberg because I love 10 Cloverfield Lane. I thought it was great. And I thought Dan Trachtenberg was a great guy to bring in on this. And uh, bringing in Travis Knight seems like not a bad idea. I... I think uh, 
I'm not as sad about this. I, I, I don't really care to begin with because I, it's not like I fucking have ever played Uncharted. Um, yeah. But on the flip side, it's like I know a lot of people are fans of this, and it's a to- it's Tom Holland, and I know that this has connections to like not actual connections, but it's very much inspired by you know Indiana Jones and that kind of like adventure. You know, so any type of movie like that, like a Tomb Raider or like Indiana Jones type adventure stuff, I want to be fun. I, you know, and I feel like Travis Knight brings the fun. And I, I think that this is a good, uh, I think this is a good get for them if they can get him to come on this movie. Yeah, he's, he seems like a director that after seeing Bumblebee, he definitely seems like a director that gives a shit about the projects he's working on. Um, and just the just the overall detail and care he puts into, you know, every scene. I think he'd be a great guy to try and make some sort of success out of a Sierra out of a genre of movies that is rarely successful. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, from what I know, Uncharted's very story driven, and and so we'll see what he can do. Jake, you liked Kubo, and you loved Kubo and the Two Strings. You didn't like Bumblebee. I, I think. Did you call it Stumblebee? No, I'm kidding. But like you didn't. <laughs> I should have. What the um, fuck? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't. My problem with Bumblebee really isn't so much um, Travis Knight's direction, though. I think he's a very talented director. I, I'm in kind of the same boat as you when it comes to Uncharted. I'm not the most familiar with the video games, but on the other hand, you know, this could be a fun Indiana Jones esque, you know, action adventure movie, and I'm here for that. I mean. The whole point of these things, I think, is to find the audience that isn't necessarily just the video game players. It's kind of to, you know, supersede that and make everyone want to see it. So, yeah, I mean, Tom Holland is very charismatic. Um, I think he's a good pick for the lead role here. And, yeah, this could be something. I think, yeah, it could be. It could be. I thought, yeah, I was, uh, you know, it's not like I'm. I was I was more disappointed that Dan Trachtenberg wasn't getting a crack at this because I like that director. It really didn't I agree. Have to, yeah. I, I'm and I'm still excited to see what the next thing we get from Dan Trachtenberg will be now. Right. Yeah. Oh, agreed. Agreed. He is very talented. So uh, we've got our first reactions to Martin Scorsese's The Irishman coming to Netflix. And this news comes from Dark Horizons. Uh, Martin Scorsese's three and a half hour crime drama, The Irishman, finally made its debut at the 2019 New York Film Festival, where a press and industry screening was held ahead of the official world premiere screening. And this is the movie that stars Robert De Niro as Frank Sheeran, a World War II veteran who became a mob hitman and allegedly played a role in the death of Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, let's see here. We've got uh, Joe Pesci, Bobby Cannavale, Harvey Keitel, Ray Romano, and Anna Paquin in this movie. The first reactions from the media have emerged, and... Jason Gorber said, uh, audacious epic, a film that feels like it spans lifetimes, yet whisks by. Technically bold, performances raw and darkly humorous. It is the culmination of Scorsese's genre fascinations and a late career triumph. Truly cinematic, demanding to be seen big. Uh, Eric Cohn, uh, The Irishman is like a greatest hits album from a master of the medium. Yes, that's a positive. The artifice of de-aging is more feature than bug. It's not slow. It often moves like lightning and elsewhere. It's downright Bressonian. Um, 
Jordan Hoffman. Uh, the Irishman is not Goodfellas Casino Part 3. Different pace, different tone. It is, however, absolutely fucking fantastic, and I am floored. All hail the king. Like, I could go on. I could go on. It's just. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that it's getting that kind of reception. I, I honestly was kind of worried. Yeah, uh, Y-Tran uh, Bowie from uh, Slash Film says, uh, Martin Scorsese's bid to make Citizen Kane is pretty close to a masterpiece. De Niro, Pacino, Pesci are all firing on all cylinders, and the three-plus-hour runtime rarely drags. The de-aging effects are rough, but I couldn't imagine this sprawling saga without De Niro the entire time. Like, this is... These are like there's so many quotes, so many quotes. This is going to open November 1st in select theaters and then it'll be available everywhere. Well, it'll be available on Netflix on November 27th. Steve, are you looking forward to The Irishman? Yeah, I actually already have plans to go seeing this before I uh, leave to go to SEMA. So I, I this is something that I've been looking forward to since it was first announced. Uh, Casino, Goodfellas. Uh, Martin Scorsese is uh, easily one of my favorite directors, mm. and this is one of those things that it's like I've wanted to see Joe Pesci back on screen with De Niro since Casino, and I, I know a lot of people don't like usually go to Casino as like a, a you know a movie that they rave about Scorsese for, but it's one of my favorites of his. And seeing them, seeing the fact that he was able to get Joe Pesci out of retirement, mm-hmm. that he was able to actually get you know, Al Pacino involved in the same project as well. Like I, I'm really, really, really looking forward to seeing how this, this, this turns out. Cause I mean, the reviews coming in sound great. Um, and, and, and that just, it makes me so happy and makes me look forward to it even more. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm planning to go see this, uh, the weekend that it comes out, uh, right before I leave to go to SEMA for uh, a couple days, three and a half hours. And they're saying it flies by like, Wow. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I'm And there I mean, yeah. it's not like critics haven't destroyed Scorsese for having slow dragging movies in the past too. So for them to say that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I actually kinda believe their opinion that it, it probably does fly by because I mean he's been he's been nailed by that criticism in movies in the past that they're kind of a little bit sloggy. On the pacing. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it sounds like, you know, who knows what the final cut of this is? Because Sezi, in a lot of ways, is like, is, is, he's one of these directors like Quentin Tarantino that it takes them forever to finally have a lock on the film to get their final cut out there. And like, even with Tarantino recently, we're not seeing final cuts. He's doing extended editions. Like, we're hearing about, you know, he did an extended edition for The Hateful Eight for, for Netflix and like now we're hearing about a possible, you know, three plus hour version of, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Scorsese's the same way. He's like said in the past that like if the studio didn't pressure him to come out with Goodfellas and hit a date, like he'd probably still be working on that movie to this day. He's that much of a perfectionist. <laughs> so I mean Yeah, yeah. Put the seed back in. Take the seed back right, out. Put the right. seed back in. This yeah. affects the pacing here. This doesn't, you know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I, oh man, Scorsese's a master. Um, Wolf of Wall Street, 
great movie. Even Hugo, man. Like, when he did a fucking kids movie, that Asa Butterfield movie with fucking Sasha Baron Cohen. I loved Hugo. I thought Hugo was a fun movie. I really enjoyed Hugo. Hugo was really good. I think The Departed seems to get forgotten a little bit these days, and that's still a fantastic fucking movie. Agreed. Well, for me, both Hugo and uh, The Aviator of his are are two Uh, films that I I love just because of the simple fact that he, he uses movies that are fueled by the passion for cinema to tell this story. Yeah. Like, like both Hugo and Aviator are very much like that, and I thought that that was so cool of him to do. I need to upgrade my Aviator. I've got it in fucking DVD. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You know? It's like, back when I bought that, I was like, yeah! You know? Yeah, I have top I of the line. Yeah, I, I, I remember going from VHS to DVD and then Shit. upgrading all my DVDs to Blu-ray. And then by the time 4K came out, I was like, fuck, I don't even have all my Blu-rays upgraded from my DVDs yet. What uh-huh. the fuck? <laughs> I know. Pretty soon it's like, I don't I don't I honestly I digital some of this shit. Like, I don't even think like you can with the naked like with with the naked eye, you can see the differences sometimes. I think it's some some of the shits all in our fucking heads. Oh, yeah. I, with the 4K stuff is, like, the biggest con. Like, your TV has to be the size of your wall to see the difference between fucking, you know, the HD and the 4K. Yeah, before, like, yeah, like, the, because uh, you're not going to get that pixelation on a smaller screen. Yeah, exactly. So, it's 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 ludicrous, the yeah. things they'll sell you on. Now, more news here from Dark Horizons. Uh, Apple is reportedly looking at releasing uh, their original films in cinemas for several weeks before they hit Apple TV Plus streaming service, according to a new report in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the paper indicates the tech giant has made overtures to cinema chains about their plans, though it's not clear which exhibitors they've reached out to. The move would allow Apple Films to be eligible for awards consideration so long as they run in qualifying theaters for at least seven consecutive days with at least three showings daily. Uh, Apple has mostly been focusing on its original entertainment slate on TV series, but has acquired some film projects, including the 8th 24 co-production on the Rocks from Sofia Coppola, uh, Coppola um, so, so, I'm not even saying that name right, Sofia Coppola. Did I say that right? Coppola. 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 Thank yeah. you. I'm like, I know the fucking name and I'm not saying it right. It's coming out of my mouth all weird. It's almost like Francis bees. Ford Coppola. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus Christ. I'm like reading it. I can say it, but I can't read it and <laughs> say it. Um, and the documentary, The Elephant Queen. Uh, so yeah, it looks like they are taking, it looks like they're kind of bending to like what theater chains want them to do and what, um, it, it takes to, you know, be eligible for, uh, the Oscars. Um, they're not going the Netflix approach, which is doing like limited theatrical releases, uh, before they just kind of like release it. And Netflix, we've seen them kind of like, you know, TIFF, I believe, wouldn't let them show any of their movies. Uh, was it Sundance as well? I can't remember. Or the Venice Film Festival, I can't remember. But I don't think it was Sundance. I think it was TIFF and Venice. One of them wouldn't let them show their their movies there uh, at that event. But um, so they're they're kind of like doing what Amazon has been doing and. Uh, what Netflix has kind of like refused to do. They're trying to change things. But yeah, it looks like uh, Apple Plus with their original. This is weird. Apple making movies. Yeah, yeah, it is weird. It is weird. 
Um, yeah, and that, I get that. It kind of brings uh, prestige to the movie, I think, when it debuts on your network, too, if you do it proper, unlike Netflix. Like, I think Amazon's proved a little bit of success for that, right? You no. put the movie out, feels like a real movie, mm. and then when you air it on your service, it feels like a big-time exclusive. It's It's not worked out for them. The only movie it worked out, I think, was The Big Sick. And it's not because... I think it's not because the movies are bad. It's just because they just haven't been, they haven't brought in a lot of money in the theaters. Oh yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. But as far as for the streaming service and giving prestige to the streaming service, I think it, it's a good look there. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at, you know, like the big sick and what was another one? Hellboy. <laughs> uh, was that, a, that was Amazon studios. I, maybe not. It went straight to Amazon Prime, though, pretty fast. No, I'm talking about, like, Amazon Studios stuff. I think, like, the maybe the Timothy Chalamet movie that came out with him and Carell was a Amazon Studios movie. But, like, you're looking at movies that that come out in the theater, you know, have a proper theatrical release, like Camille Nangiani's The Big Sick, and then literally three months later, they're being thrown up on Amazon Prime. So, I don't, you know, it's it's just... The only one that's performed well was the big sick. Everything else. Oh God. The newest one is the fucking goldfinch that's getting just raked. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, that's, they, they haven't had luck. So they, I think what they've done is they've kind of like, they're splitting up the movies. Some of them will be released that way. And then some of them will go straight to Amazon Prime. It'll be interesting to see. They just did this huge deal with uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, was it? Yeah, like 24 hours after winning all the Emmys. Yeah, yeah they, they signed her to do more Amazon stuff. And so it'll be interesting to see if, she, if that includes movies as well. So I, I can't imagine uh, with her name attached to a movie that they would not want to make it more of a theatrical release with with something with that she's involved in now she's that name is going to be carrying a lot of weight going forward i've kind of like compared her to like you know the new kind of like carrie fisher where she can do it all she's like a triple threat where she can write act and and uh probably even produce and direct i mean she's just and, and, and voice actor as well like she you know we saw her as the droid in the solo film like she is so uh so talented you know, just just incredibly talented. So, hmm. yeah, that's a very apt comparison, Carrie yeah. Fisher. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Apple's going to be adopting kind of like this. Uh, you know, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be doing these movies, and they can be in the theater for up to three months before it'll be showing up, uh, showing on our service. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. That'll that'll be weird seeing like the Apple logo before a theatrical movie. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Apple. Uh, uh, looks like they've teamed up here with A24 with this on the rocks. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Isn't Spielberg doing stuff for Apple? Is that where Amazing Stories is landing? <laughs> Haven't heard about, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be. Haven't heard anything okay. about that recently. Yeah, true. You true. Know, like we've seen, we've seen most recently, we know that Dickinson with uh, Haley Steinfeld and the, the morning show and For All Mankind. I, I know I, I, I originally sent you guys that second trailer for All Mankind and I said we were going to talk about it. I'm, I'm not really going to talk about it, but, um, did you guys watch it? It looks good. Like this show looks really good. It uh, stars Joel Kinnaman. Um, and it's about if the Russians landed on the moon first, like kind of like a fringe universe where the Russians landed on the moon first. And now like 
they're wanting to send women into space and we're going to have women landing on the moon. It looks really, really good. Yeah, I agree. I I like alternate history stories like this, too, a lot. Yeah, I ended up checking it out. It does look pretty good. It's definitely something worthwhile to keep on the radar. Absolutely. Yeah, for all mankind, looking forward to that one. Um, Let's see here. What else do I got? Oh, um, not not a huge story, but I did like we, we. This is something that we've brought up in the past. We we kind of tease that James Wan is working on a movie before he starts directing the Aquaman sequel, and we didn't have any information about it. We just knew that it was going to be like an original project, and he planned on using a, a lot of kind of like uh, you know uh, I, I guess uh, practical effects. Um, it's a new horror feature. It's his tenth directorial effort. And it's got the title of Malignant, and uh, it has begun filming. Uh, he posted a photo of the clapper for the first scene in the movie to be shot, co-wrote the script with his fiancée, uh, Ingrid Bisu is her name. Uh, the film stars uh, Annabelle Wallace, Jake Abel, George Young, Maddie, ha- uh, Maddie Hassan, Michelle Brianna White, and Jacqueline McKenzie. I have no idea who any of those people are. <laughs> uh, just names. on like he, They could have made up names. They could have just thrown any name they wanted to in there, and I would have bought it. I have no idea who the fuck any of those people are. Plot details are under wraps. One possibility, though, is it's an adaptation of Juan's own 2011 graphic novel, uh, graphic novel Malignant Man, about a man who discovers a cancerous tumor he has it actually is a parasite that gifts him with supernatural abilities at the same time he must deal with an evil secret society hidden underneath the skin of mankind so i i'm excited for malignant man wow what a superhero yeah i'm i'm (laughs) excited for this like i'm excited for anything james wan coming out but you gotta think that warner brothers is wanting to fast track aquaman you know, like, oh, agreed before the fire dies down. <laughs> and so I think like they've got to be upset with this move. Right. But they know that they, they're not going to get anybody else in there to do what he did. With Aquaman like that's yeah, I agree. They're going to wait it out because it's the other options are not good. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Steve, are you a big horror guy with like uh, James Wan fan? I am a big James Wan fan. Um, I've I've been a fan of his since the uh, since the original Saw movie came out, um, and he's always like Insidious, The Conjuring. He's always managed to to do well with these with these original horror films, um, and 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 most of them have all been spun off into other things. And um, I just I I I thought he did great with. Aquaman, he definitely did better than I think any other director kind of could have at that time with the uh, with the whole climate of DC and Warner Brothers at the time that the movie was being made. Um, so he had a lot to deal with, and he had a lot of success with it. The fact that he's coming out with another original horror property has me very, very excited because this guy always manages to find – like a new creative way to to show what can be done with horror films instead of just repeating the same the same garbage that sometimes gets just recirculated. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm super excited for it. I'm I, I can't wait to see how this turns out. Um, I assume that the filming is probably being kicked into high gear so Warner Brothers can get him back quicker. But um, I, I feel like no matter what kind of timeline this guy seems to be on, he seems to deliver in every aspect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I was like, 
you know, conjuring that, uh, that movie, the, the trailers and everything brought me out to the theater and, uh, walked away and I was like, God, that, that was a, that was really good. You know, it, it and you don't always have that feeling walking out of a, you know, a, a horror film these days. It's, you know, it, it's not easy to do jump scares. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like I, you know, I, I, I bash jump scares, but there are times where I do enjoy a good jump scare, you know? Like, I like that feeling. I don't think a movie oh. should rely on it, but I think there are times where I, I enjoy a good jump scare. For me, it's the, for me in The Conjuring, it's the, when the, the mom is in the basement in the dark, and then she's got the candle light, and then the hand comes out from behind her and claps. Uh, that was just, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Oof. looking forward to Malignant. Um, I wonder if it will be Malignant Man. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's move on into proper Marvel news. Marvel news. All right. Uh, Marvel news from Deadline. Uh, Marvel's Ghost Rider live action series not going forward at Hulu. So we had, uh, you know, the announcement uh, back in May that uh, Hulu had picked up Ghost Rider and Hellstrom, and they were going to premiere in 2020. Uh, we had, uh, who's the actor? The Luna guy. Is that uh, Gabriel Luna? Yeah, Gabriel Luna. Did- there you go. Oh, we're back to this again. Yeah, I know. Diego or, <laughs> or fucking Gabriel, the Luna brothers. Um, one of the two. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. And yes, I realize that the Luna brothers are comic book writers, people. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I know. I got Dort cred too. Fuck you. Um, and I love the Luna brothers. I think they're both talented as shit. Even their individual stuff is really good. Anyway. Um, but uh, it looks like Hellstrom, they're saying Hellstrom is on track. I hear Hulu and the Ghost Rider team had reached a creative impasse, uh, which could not be resolved, leading to the streamer's decision not to move forward with the, theor- uh, with the series. Is, 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 the, uh, is the impasse the fact that um, Marvel Studios is picking up the character possibly for a Disney Plus series? It, it feels like with Moon Knight being a part of the Disney Plus series and we're getting a Blade movie that they might see the potential for not a Ghost Rider series per se, but maybe Ghost Rider showing up in one of these films or one of these series or movies or something. I I, I, I don't know. It just it's it seems weird to me that Hellstrom's going forward, which I think Hellstrom will probably They'll probably cancel that too. I'll get that. That, it, but I, mm-hmm. it seems like to me that Marvel might have plans for Ghost Rider. Now, your feelings about Ghost Rider aside, like you know, I'm not like a huge Ghost Rider fan to begin with. It's not like I love the character of Ghost Rider. I think he looks cool, like a. a uh, you know, if you got a Ghost Rider tattoo, that's cool, brother. You know, like, I'm cool with that. But I'm not, it's not like I really go out of my way to pick up or read Ghost Rider comics. I know a lot of people love the Robbie Reyes stuff with the car and all that crap. But, you know, and I, I yeah, I bought the, I bought the, some of the issues back in the 90s. 
You know, I had that number one with him on the front. You, you Jake, you know what I'm talking about, you know? Oh, yeah. But, the Midnight Sun stuff. Yeah, I had it, you know, but I've never been I've more been a fan of like it's a oh flaming skull on a motorcycle. Cool. It's but it, and I like I like it when they play him for comedy and stuff like uh what was I? Mm-hmm. I was it original sin Jason Aaron's original sin where he showed up I can't remember but he's I like it when they play I think him you're right with the watcher yes like when they play him for comedy I really like that stuff I think it's funny but you know this news probably upsets a lot of people that were fans of you know the actor playing the character on the agents of shield but for me personally it doesn't affect me um you know i want to know what your guys thoughts are but you know on the flip side it's like does this mean that not now but does does this mean maybe later on down the road that maybe you know feige or you know somebody at marvel studios has plans maybe for him to show up and uh in Disney Plus or, or, um, or, or, or maybe even a film. I, I still think that Moon Knight is going to surprise people. I think there's going to be, I think that Moon Knight is going to show up first in the series, of course, but I think Moon Knight will eventually show up in a movie and you're going to hear people like going crazy in the theaters, you know, but, um, it's a popular character. Well, very big underground movement for me. I think, I think we're going to see some of these characters make the transition from the Disney Plus series to, to, to some of these movies. I'm not saying that Moon Knight's going to get his own solo movie, but I'm saying like I, I could see him showing up in like an Avengers level type movie. Unlike Agreed. the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters, which they intentionally left out. Um, <laughs> and basically they gave, barely even nod to him by the time we get to Infinity War. Yeah, they just gave those characters scraps from their movies to, you know, yeah, to yeah, play yeah. Off of. yeah. I agree with you. Um, I, I'm a lot in the same boat with you. I'm not watching Ages of Shield. I have no emotional attachment to their version of Ghost Rider. The fact that that spinoff isn't going to happen anymore doesn't really affect me in any way because I was not going to watch it either way. Um, and I do agree that there's um, potential for the character to show up in future MCU projects. It's a very popular character. It's hardly a D-list character. So I, I think if they do plan on having him in a future Marvel movie, they do need to kind of squash this Hulu thing and move, you know, kind of erase that from everyone's minds before reintroducing a cinematic version. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, you know, Ghost Rider showing up and, like... Uh you know, Blade movie or, or Moon Knight or, you know, they could even have like it's a... It's right into all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they could they could start up kind of like their own, like, Dark Avengers or something. You know what I mean? I mean, the shit could show up in Doctor Strange, you know, for all you know. Yeah. I, I honestly oh, yeah. think he fits into that universe really well, too. I do, too. Yeah. Steve, thoughts? Ghost Rider. I mean, I, I would echo a lot of what you guys have already said. I've never was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. person, and... As far as Ghost Rider is concerned, I mean, I've I saw the first movie with Nicolas Cage, but I didn't see anything from Agents of Shield, so there's no attachment there. And mm-hmm. I feel like if they're going to, if they're if they're pulling the pulling back on this to put the character somewhere else, like Disney Plus, I feel like they need to do something with the character to I don't I don't know make him cool. I guess like he's cool, but like he's I I don't know the movie. The movie the movie didn't make him that cool. Like it kind of made a, you know, not something I ever wanted to go back to, but 
I mean, if they could figure out a way, I guess, to make the character more appealing to me, that yeah. that would be a step in the right direction. You're fucking right, dude. Like, it's not like I'm online or I've ever listened to anybody say, like, I wasn't, like, earlier. Hold on. Let me get to this. I've never heard anybody say, I wasn't a Ghost Rider fan until I watched that Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and you I, never will. And I, yeah, like, and then I started like reading the comics. Like Nicolas Cage's version of Ghost Rider got me into the comics. Like earlier, you were saying like, you know, you weren't like a Marvel fanboy, and then Kevin Feige got you into the MCU, and now you're a fan of you know all things Marvel, Steve. So like. Yeah, Nick Cage's Ghost Rider just did not do that. Like, he didn't do what – and it's not all Nicolas Cage's fault here. It's, well, you no, know, it's, no. there's a lot going on with those movies. But, you know, he didn't do what Robert Downey Jr. did for Iron Man. Taking – Exactly. You know, yeah, a character that, like, just, not a lot – like, a select group of people have read and knew and, and then just turning him into, like, this pop culture phenomenon that we know now. Right, where everybody is, I think is what the character needs. Yeah, where everybody is crying in the theaters when he dies. I don't, I don't, that, that'll also never happen with Ghost Rider. If Ghost Rider dies, this flaming skull man dies. I, there, I don't think <laughs> he's he, already dead, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, I don't think, like, if they kill him even more, like, if they, you know, <laughs> you know, like, if, you know, kill him twice. Yeah, you know, I don't think that, uh, wouldn't it be cool if, like, if I want to see somebody just do, like, a video of Thanos doing a snap and then, like, his head flaming on and then Thanos snapping again and his head flaming off. Or, like, the clapper. I want to I want a yeah. Ghost Rider clapper. My went flame on, flame, flame off. off. Flame <laughs> on, flame off. The Ghost, the flamer. The ghost Rider <laughs> or something. Like, I want a Ghost Rider clapper version where, like, you got a flaming skull on your wall and you just... And like he always, you know, and I'm talking <laughs> real fucking flames, real fucking flames. Like a oh, cheap date home to that, Brian. Oh man, I, yeah, dude. I, you know, and like we could like, I want it in the backyard where I can like roast weenies and s'mores on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That'd be awesome, yeah, man. That's good stuff. I, <laughs> I can't, you can't go wrong with s'mores. Oh, you can't, you can't. Ah, oh, it's fantastic. Make it happen. That should be merchandise, Marvel. That should be merchandise right there. <laughs> the Ghost Rider vo- voice activated Flame Girl. Yeah, the Flame Girl. Yeah, you just put a little, it's, it's propane. You know, that's the answer. Propane. It's always the answer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 propane might even be able to fix this shitty episode. <laughs> <laughs> Makes all things better. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. So, but Variety is actually reporting, so we're not getting that Ghost Rider thing. Hellstrom apparently is on track. Aww. Yeah, I know. Variety is reporting that all Marvel television might be dead, and that it's all eventually going to just fall under the Disney Plus banner. So, you know, all this Jeff Loeb stuff might be gone, which means like no more, you know, Cloak and Dagger on Hulu. Uh, Runaways might be done. You know, it's so it looks like uh, this this stuff. But don't they, they have that cartoon with Howard the Duck and Modoc and all those characters coming out? Like, is that still going forward on Hulu? Um, I thought that was I thought that was a Disney Plus thing. No, that was a Hulu thing. It's like oh, that's are, right, that's right. The Hulu, all the different animation properties that they're doing together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had a Modoc one. They had a Howard the Duck thing. 
Yeah, you're right. I don't. I haven't heard anything about that anytime recently. That's as far as I know. It's still in development. Yeah, animation. All you hear about it, and then it's three to four years later when you actually see it. You know, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we were talking about Ike Perlmutter being like really cheap with like these Marvel television shows, as to po- as opposed to like Marvel Studios are going to be like eight episodes. It's six to eight episodes for series, and the budgets are going to be like a, between a hundred and hundred and fifty million. And Variety reported in 2014 that the budget for the first seasons of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist would be two hundred million total. And that's each of those series had thirteen episodes in the first season. So you're talking, you're talking forty. Over 50 episodes, 52, 52 episodes. Yeah. 52 episodes at 200 million total, as opposed to the Marvel Studios Disney Plus projects, which are going to be six to eight episodes and cost upwards of 150 million. So like, I think the quality for as much as I loved like the first season and third season of Daredevil and the first season of Jessica Jones and even, even Iron Fist. And I, you know, for as much as I love those, like the budget wasn't there. So yeah, totally not. I, I, they didn't look like theatrical presentations. That's for sure. Does it look like, I don't think that Marvel's really wanting to put up the money is Marvel. No, it was Netflix that was producing those shows though. But it was still, I don't know. I don't know who's the, who we go after there. I, Perlmutter, who do we go after? We go after Netflix? Yeah, I don't know. As cool as those shows, some of those seasons of those shows were, you're yeah. absolutely right. Like, they look like USA television network shows. Yeah. Did, like, did, budget-wise. You see Mike Coulter's in that uh, that new CBS show, Evil? They're saying it's fun. Yeah, I've heard good things about Evil. Yeah. He's a, oh, God, he's a, have you seen him? He's going to be the villain in that new movie. Uh, with the, with the female police officer and, uh, the cops are doing some shady shit. Frank Grillo's in it too. Crossbones, Frank Grillo. He's in it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Have you seen Frank the trailer Grillo's. for this? I've not seen the trailer for this movie though. Looks good. Looks good. She's on the run. She's got, she got the police after her and then they put like a, like a hit out on her. It's like Mike Colt, Mike Coulter's after her too. He's like a villain in it. Looks good. I'd watch that. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> Girl on the run. Girl on the run. Jake just named it. <laughs> Mike Coulter, I'll look him up. Mike Coulter. Mike <laughs> Mike Coulter forty five. Works every time. Colt forty five. Billy D when Billy D dies, I'm gonna cry. Oh yeah, definitely. Man. Was thinking about that today, how lucky I was yeah, I was thinking about that today. How lucky we are to have him in uh Episode nine. I was just like, man, this guy is up there in years. We're lucky to have anybody. Like, it's crazy. I, I, I'm sorry, but you know, I didn't want to go into episode. I know we lost Carrie, and this was supposed to be kind of like her movie. And uh, I wanted, I wanted some legacy character in this thing. You know, I know Mark Hamill's rumored to show. We're not even Star Wars movies. Ah, fuck you, fuck you. I'm doing what I want. I do what I want. It's my show. It's my show. If I want to braid, a, if I want to braid a guest for three and a half hours, I'll do it. <laughs> and then I'll come on the next show and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, fuck you for doing it too. <laughs> Black and blue. Is that the movie? Black and blue. Yeah, that's the movie. It looks really good. 
looks like a, it looks like a fun movie. Like it's something I would go out to the theaters and watch. It looks it looks fun. Like yeah, kind of like a uh, remember Judgment Night. Oh, I love that movie. Just like these guys, you know, on the run the entire time. I love, yeah, fucking Emilio Estevez and uh, Jeremy Piven, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., and a guy that kind of looks like Ethan Hawke but isn't Ethan Hawke. Ah, that fucker. <laughs> Foe Ethan Hawke. Foe, yeah. Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah, that guy. So, yeah, let's... uh yeah, it, it kind of looks like she's on the run the entire time trying to trying to. I think Tyrese is in it. I bookmarked the trailer. I, I didn't watch it. Yeah, watch it. Watch the trailer for that one. DC news. Let me find the fucking bumper. There we are. Last night, <laughs> exploded like a bomb. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. All right. Uh, looks like uh, Jonah Hill. This is uh, news from Variety. Jonah Hill being eyed for secret role opposite of Robert Pattinson in The Batman. Sources tell Variety that Jonah Hill is in talks to join Pattinson. Matt Reeves, The Batman. Insiders also say Jeffrey Wright is in talks to play Commissioner Gordon. According to the sources, producers had long wanted Hill for the project, but casting decisions were put on hold until the role of Batman was filled. The deal hasn't closed, and sources say it could still fall apart, but both sides are engaging on Hill joining. As for who Hill is playing, that's still being worked out as well, but sources say he's being eyed for a villain role. And so there was an update... From Variety, I'm going to read this actually from Dark Horizons. They go on to say, we know that Wright is playing Commissioner Gordon and Hill is playing a villain. And while Hill has been rumored to be up for the Penguin in the past, last night's reports suggested he may, in fact, be playing the Riddler, who will serve as one of the multiple villains within the feature. In a follow-up, Variety reporter Justin Kroll tweeted that the offer for Hill to join film has been on the table for a month. And Hill's salary is proving a sticking point, as the actor initially wanted as much as $10 million to star in the film, making his paycheck more than twice that of Robert Pattinson, who will play Batman Bruce Wayne. Um, you know, this whole thing of, like, how how much actors are getting paid and and all this stuff, I, it, you know, I here's the thing. With me, I, I feel like when you do have, um, you know, like you know, Oscar nominations and stuff like that under your belt, that I think that does come with a little bit of weight. And I think that, you know, like an actor that's been in Hollywood, it's a proven actor. I think they should get paid more. I feel like, um, you know, like it's like, kind of like a, in sports, like that rookie contract, like you. Chris Evans and, 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 and these guys, like even like, uh, Henry Cavill, you know, like when they first did the first, they did, it's not like they made a shit fuck ton of money on those first films. They made good, really good money, but it's not like they were, I don't even think they made a million. Like I, I don't even think like for Captain America, the first Avenger, I don't even think Chris Evans made a million. I think like 600,000 is like what I want to give him or, or Henry Cavill. I think you need, and even back in the day, Nicholson was getting paid more than Michael Keaton. Right, yeah. I think you need – thank you. Great point. I think you need some movies under your belt in order for you to, to earn that. Like I – you know, like uh, it's it just – it's just it just it doesn't make sense to just 
throw money at, at somebody who's not proven once they, you know, once they explode, then you renegotiate their contract. Just like, you know, just like a rookie contract in sports. Like, you know, they, they start off with a rookie contract and then like once that contract's over with, then you can sign them long term and, and, or somebody can take them away from you and sign them to more. It's, that's just how it works. I think that's just how it should work in Hollywood. I don't feel like, I don't feel like Robert Pattinson should make as much as Jonah Hill in the Batman. Like, and I, you know what I mean? I, I don't. I feel like Jonah yeah, Hill has. I, I completely agree. You know, with the, with, with his performances in The Wolf of Wall Street, with his performance in Moneyball, he has proven that he, you know, I think, I think something goes with, with, with those roles and what he's done that, that they need, you know, it comes with a certain price tag. What do you think, to Steve? Cl- to clarify on, on the whole Jonah Hill thing, when he was in Wolf of Wall Street, he took he, – he all he wanted to do was yeah. work with Scorsese yeah, and right. DiCaprio. That's all he wanted to do. So yeah. he took the lowest pay that an actor could take for a feature film, yeah. which I think was like $60,000. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was his pay because he, got he paid. just wanted the opportunity. You're right. I read that on Reddit. Uh, he got paid scale. He got paid actor scale for that yes. role. Yeah. So, I mean – he hasn't he's done and like like same thing with moneyball moneyball he proved to be a fantastic actor and mm-hmm. and he so he's he's done the the hard work and he's not i guess out of line to ask for that kind of money to do something like this cuz like like the like Jake mentioned um Nicholson making more than Keaton on the 89 Batman that entire production of that movie catered to Nicholson's schedule because Nicholson was as big as he was at the time. Like, and they got lucky to get him, and they basically catered the entire production of the film to Nicholson's schedule. Mm. So, like, actors, like, I, I, I work with, like, a younger crowd a lot, so they would refer to that as clout <laughs> in today's day. Um, but, like, it's, it's a, it's a kind of a real thing. You've, you've proven yourself. You're, like, I don't find him out of line for asking for that. Um, you look at movies like the first Transformers with Shia LaBeouf. He made uh, 500K mm-hmm. from that role. And as the movies went on and he was in more of them, then he made more money. But, like, I mean, Jonah Hill asking for $10 million to be in a superhero movie? Like, that doesn't seem out of line considering what a superhero movie could bring you. Who did he play in the Lego movie, Jake? I feel like he played like uh, one of one of the. Uh, he was. Was he, he was Lantern? Yeah, he was like Green Lantern or Superman. Okay. Superman was Channing Tatum. Uh, Tatum. Yeah. So then he would have been Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. he was Green Lantern. So our twenty-one jumps. Very weekend. brief though. I mean, he had like two lines sure. of dialogue. But yeah, I you know Jonah Hill making that kind of money, especially in with something. Um, I think it's. I, I think with them reaching out to him that they wanted him and him knowing that they want him, that it makes sense for him to ask this. And especially with like, I know it's Matt Reeves, but here's the thing, especially with kind of like the most recent, you know, Batman that we've gotten, not everybody's been a huge fan. Like, like we are far removed from like the Nolan stuff. Like this might be a different story. Mm -hmm. If this was like, you know, Nolan coming out with a fourth Batman film, Jonah Hill might jump at the chance, but you know, with, it's Batman over the past, I'd say since, since Nolan left, it's, it's, you know, been, not everybody's been a huge fan of, 
you know, Batfleck and me, myself included, I know some people absolutely love that stuff, but it's still, it's not reached the height that it once had. Batman is not, so I, I think Jonah Hill is just like, you know what, if this, if, if this is just another Batman stinker that's not 100% beloved, then at least I want to make some compensation doing this. And I feel like I'm, I feel he's worth the price tag. I think that they should drop the coin on him to do this and let him play the character that he wants to play. Like, I know a lot of people are just like, you know, uh, oh, throw him in there as the penguin, but he's not like the, the chubby actor that we once knew. I, he's, you know, done a lot of, um, you know, he, he's, he's, uh, done a lot of dieting and things like that. And he looks, he's transformed himself. I think he could play either character quite well. I'm just upset that Andy Serkis is directing Venom 2 and won't be able to fucking be, uh, the penguin. I think that boss logic art of, of uh, Serkis's penguin is just gorgeous. Have you guys seen that? Yes. 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 I follow him on Instagram. He is fantastic yeah. at what he does. Yeah. Oh, who, uh, who is, uh, somebody else, uh, somebody else on Twitter. And I can't remember. I apologize. I talked to so many people on Twitter, which I won't be in the future because, uh, you're driving me off social media people. <laughs> um, but th- th- somebody said, somebody said Tim Roth as, uh, as Penguin would be fantastic. And I, I, I kind oh, of, that's, that is good. That's good, isn't it? That's good. Yeah. That's real good. So it is good. I think Jonah Hill, I agree with you that his name does demand a bigger paycheck. I think he's a draw for people that normally wouldn't even think of seeing a Batman movie, mm-hmm. which is what makes him worth the price. Well, and I also think with him being a director now, mid-90s come out, you're pulling him away from other things that he could be doing. You know, it's not like this guy, he's got a lot. He's got a lot that he can do, right? He can direct, he can do it all. And so true. It's not like he needs this Batman gig to, or he's out of work. Right. Exactly. It's, I'm sure a 24 would have him do another movie in a heartbeat. Mid nineties was fantastic. So yeah, I think he's owed it. Um, what do you, I, I mean, I love Jeffrey Wright. I am, I love Jeffrey Wright from Westworld. I even loved his little role in Game Night. I wasn't a huge fan of OG, that HBO movie that came out, but I still love Jeffrey Wright. I, I think, love him from the Bond movies. Ah, uh, see, I don't, yeah, I don't watch the Bond films, but yeah, um, he, uh, well, who's he playing the Bond movies? He's like another, um, a different, he's a U.S. CIA agent okay. that always interacts with James Bond in the you. movies. I I think him as Commissioner Gordon is that's great casting in my opinion. And I think it like you know it, I I I think that he I would I want to see that relationship between I can see right now him as Commissioner Gordon you know on the rooftop. I want to see him grow out the mustache. And I want to see him on the rooftop with uh, fucking Robert Pattinson's Batman and them two having a conversation. I, I, I got to see this now. This is like I can see this movie coming together. I want to see Hill in this thing. I want to see. And now now we've we've got the chance of who do you who do you cast as like if they if they keep going with this, who do you cast as as Barbara Gordon at this point? Because like now. We could have. I was thinking, like, let's go full Westworld on this. Is is Tessa Thompson young enough to play Barbara Gordon, or or do you think they want to go younger, like uh, like Zendaya? Like I could, like I think they want to go younger just to make sense with 
the possible romantic stuff with Patterson. Pattinson? Well, Pattinson and Pattinson. Pattinson's like in his 30s, man. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. And Tessa Thompson's probably in her late 20s. Yeah, yeah, I guess that does work. So, I mean, it's, you know, I'm not saying Tessa Thompson is who they're going to cast, but I, I want them to go full Westwood. I think Tessa Thompson as, as Batgirl would be very cool. I just didn't know if they wanted to take the character even younger. And people are saying, like, why do you mention Zendaya? But she's MJ in the Marvel movie. There's no, guys, there's nothing, there's nothing stopping these actors from being in DC Marvel. Like, we, there was the news, I can't remember what report it came out in. I think it was, it had something, ah, God, I can't remember. But there's something that came out that there's nothing stopping these actors from being in both franchises, as far as I know. Yeah, they they don't make them sign any kind of uh you know you can't do this well, agreement. Look, well, look at you know like look at uh, I'm trying to think. Taika Waititi is directing Marvel movies, and he's he was in the first Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds. That well, yeah, the only Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds. He's also going to be in James Gunn's upcoming The Suicide Squad. You know, he played he was in um, he played Korg in in Thor Ragnarok and then he was God called me a dickhead again <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like it's I, I, I don't you know if they're not you know I don't know unless they put something in, but I could see you know Zendaya she could play MJ and she could be she could be, be Batgirl I'm not saying that's what what's gonna happen but she just watching um her show on HBO. I've just been so fucking blown away with her this past year that I want to put her in all the things. So I do love the casting of Jeffrey Wright though. I, I completely agree. Like, yeah, I can already see him on the rooftops too. Like he has that perfect composure to play the character mm-hmm. where, you know, he seems like he, he knows what's going on, but there's kind of that quiet rage that could always come, you know, bubbling up to the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to see him like, not not even just like clean cut Jeffrey Wright. Kind of like I want to see like that fucking, you know, like he needs Batman, like and they need each other. Like, but he, he's stressed out. Gotham is just you know completely fucked right now. They're talking about multiple villains showing up at this thing. I want to see like, I want to see like fucking Commissioner Gordon just like, you know, you can see he's kind of like unshaven and just oh my, I just want you know, I I really want, uh, I I think that he can play. Um, kind of like a, uh, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a Jim Gordon that's kind of like going through some shit. Going, you know what I mean? Just going through some mm-hmm. really rough shit and it, it all comes down on him. You know, he's the commissioner. So he's under just a lot of stress. And I, man, I think that, uh, uh, Jeffrey Wright, you know, uh, kind of like a, one of these character actors that's kind of breaking out, um, hasn't really got his own movie on the HBO thing, but like, He's kind of like uh, taking the same kind of trajectory as like uh, like a David Harbor, who's like, you know, getting his getting his finally getting his due in Hollywood. Yeah, I agree with that. Long overdue for Jeffrey Wright. What do you, what do you think, Jeffrey Wright? Uh, Steve, you a big fan of Jeffrey Wright? You on mute? You dead? Steve went to Instagram. He's on Instagram. Oh, I was on mute. I was on mute, and I started talking while I was on mute. I was scrolling through his IMDb. Um, yeah, he's definitely one of those guys that's he. He's just like uh, Kevin Durant, just a guy that anything he's in, he stands out. Yeah, and he he commits to his roles really, really well. And 
seeing him play play Gordon would be <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, it honestly would be. As far as uh, casting for for um, for Barbara Gordon goes, I I think Tessa Thompson is right on the money with like where it could lead into something really really just powerful because she's she she's good at being soft and delicate yet also strong. Again, people are going to say, ah, but she's Valkyrie. So what? She's Valkyrie. So what? <laughs> she's a good enough uh, actor, though, that I think she can, you know, play two different characters, and you'd, you'd forget. I agree. She's she's very good. Like, look at her performance in, uh, you know, Westworld. Look at her performance in Thor Ragnarok. And then look at her performance in, uh, you know, uh, Alex Garland's Annihilation. Like, she just, she transforms. She just transforms. Uh, amazing, amazing fucking actor. Uh, let's move into Star Wars news. I'm not gonna play the bumper. Just cause it's, I don't know, it's fucking long. I don't give a shit. I don't wanna hear it. <laughs> Did you guys hear about the, uh, Kylo Ren comic coming in December? I no, I did not. It's gonna be, it's gonna explain his, uh, his origin. His evil origin. Wow. Yeah, it's a Kylo Ren comic. It's coming in December. It's going to explain his evil origin. And so it's like, um, why is why are they doing it this way? I think you know, I I don't know. Do do they need to do it? Uh, it's coming out before the movie. Do they need to do it's it? A, it's another Marvel thing. Yeah, yeah. Do they need to do it or like? I don't know. It's just it's it's. I don't they know. Definitely don't need to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, I think they have to do it this way. If they were going to do it, you know, with, I think Leia would be a big part of this story. So it's not like we could watch this evil origin, just like even, even snippets of it just kind of even play out in the, in the movie. Like they, they, they can't, they can't do that now. So I guess like this yeah. is the, this is the way to do it. I, I guess I'm fine with this. I mean, it Luke kind of spelled out this story enough to where they can do this story without really altering any Star Wars fact or fiction, right? It, this seems pretty easy to keep in canon, but still adding a few like artist liberties to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not it, it, guy it, Jake. I'm not saying like this is uh, um, sacred. So you can't give me a Kylo origin. It's sacred. You know? Yeah. Oh, I know you're not, but I feel like that's where a lot of people will be coming from when they hear this news. Yeah. Or it's like, with Star Wars, it's like sometimes less is more. And like, I'm fine just having this backstory alluded to and don't really need a limited comic book series spelling it out. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like the most interesting thing. To yeah. read about in the Star Wars universe, it'll be it'll be a letdown in my opinion. I don't think. Oh that, yeah, you know, I think it'll be a letdown. There's not very many of these like origin tie-in comics that I think that you know, like you know, that really are that that great. To be quite honest with you, you know, just like a one-shot comic that's kind of like you know adjacent to the film. In retrospect, the whole Marvel Star Wars like experiment has been kind of overly disappointing, in my opinion. It was a project I was very excited for when 
they went from Dark Horse to Marvel, mm-hmm. you know, being able to fresh start with comic canon. And I thought there was a lot of really cool stuff they could do. But, yeah, most of it's been kind of a giant letdown and just yeah. too much of a, like, advertisement for whatever the next big project is. There's some of that Dark Horse stuff that I really miss, man. You know? There's some of Yeah, that- Tales from the Jedi was a great book. Yeah. And- the, uh, Star- was it Star Wars Legacy? Yeah, the Legacy book was, was oh, fantastic, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, people will tell you, and I'll tell you that I guess that stuff still exists, and mm-hmm. you can still read it, but sure. I really thought we were going to move on to bigger, better things in Star Wars comic books with the Marvel acquisition, and it's unfortunately been a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And, uh, you know, I read it. I read some of the stuff, like a lot of people, and uh, just kind of got off the whole Star Wars comic train. It started hot and then cooled down real fast. Yeah, there's still people out there reading it, but, you know, I'm not one of them. Uh, Triple Force Friday, did you follow a lot of that stuff, Jake? Uh, You know, the news and some of the toys that are coming out for Triple Force Friday? I did see a few of the Triple Force Friday announcements. Nothing really got me too excited. Yeah. We got a. Uh, are you going to be going out for Triple Force Friday, buying any merchandise? I, I mean, may, I, one of the unfortunate things that have come from a new Star Wars movie every year is it's kind of ruined a little bit of the excitement for these Force Fridays. Um, those bigger spaces between the Star Wars movies that we had in the prequels kind of made these toy launches seem like much bigger events than when it's every year we're getting basically the same Ray action figure. Uh, they're 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 course correcting that though, Jake. We're not gonna after after uh, episode nine. We're not getting any uh, Star Wars films for three years. No, right? I agree. They are course correcting it, but now it feels like Triple Force Friday. I mean, it literally is Triple Force Friday. It's like three years in a row of new action figure launches. Yeah, yeah. four years in a row, and I don't know the the allure and the excitement of it all has kind of waned for me, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't disagree with you, but. I am kind of excited to see, uh, I'm really actually just more excited to see the, uh, Mandalorian toys, uh, you know, uh, Black Series stuff and, you know, so, yeah. I'll, yeah, that will be cool. That will be cool. Yeah. I don't think I'll be going out on First Force Friday like I did, you know, with, during The Force Awakens. Yeah, I did it even a little bit for, uh, Last Jedi, but then it, after that it just kind of waned out a bit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Kevin Feige, uh, Hollywood Reporter reports Kevin Feige's developing a new movie for Disney, a uh, Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah, that that's exciting. I saw a lot of people getting really excited about this. I saw lots of jokes that um, this announcement was what led to the uh, Spider-Man reunition. Did you say you re- reunition? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> For Spider-Man being reunited with uh, the MCU, I heard, was due to this. I've seen lots of mockery and jokes because of that. When that word came out of your mouth, did you... I know, speaking of mockery and jokes. Did you... Hold on. When that word word came out of your mouth, did you instantly recognize that it was fucked up? Yeah, dude. I, I like, knee-jerked looked to see if there was a noose anywhere around so I could just get away. Wouldn't it be crazy if, like... uh, (laughs) Well, well yeah, it, that, that word caught fire. Reunition. Oh, man. I hope so. That would be the only thing that would make me not feel as stupid. And then Webster's Dictionary, you know, they they recognize it as a new word. Um, 
the, uh, a song comes out, they totally redo it, and it's like, reunition, and it feels so good. <laughs> reunition, and it's understood. Jake. <laughs> reunition. Oh, man, yeah. Ouch. Man. So, yeah, whatever point I had was completely lost in that yeah. stupidity. <laughs> that was fun. Steve, what was going through your mind when that came out of his mouth? When he, when he said it, all I could think of is because I was like earlier today, I was trying to get caught up on previous episodes and listening to last week's episode. And I got to a point where you guys were talking about. Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and he mentioned Colin Trevorrow and Jake for the longest time you've never changed it about your oh, way. I you've love never it. changed your ways Trevolo oh, I love it yep, Colin Trevolo <laughs> it made me think of that right away I was like, <laughs> Colin Trevolo Colin Trevolo <laughs> Jake throws an L in there he's just like you know what I'm throwing consonants I'm fuck <laughs> fuck syllables fuck you know what I mean he's just much like movies I don't like names long either Colin Trevolo Trevolo, I love it, man. It's like a, this is a new. Who, all, who is this hot director, Colin Trevolo? Yeah, he's got a thing with ours, doesn't he? You could <laughs> Jake could never learn Spanish. You can't roll. You can't. You, you, you can't roll an R. You can't even form one half the time. You know what yeah, I mean? No, I would. I would never, never do Spanish. <laughs> Colin Trevolo. Oh, I love it. I don't say anything about it anyway. I just let him roll with it. I just like, uh, I, it makes me smile every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Kevin Feige doing uh, doing Star Wars. He's a big Star Wars fan. Uh, he's denied uh, being involved uh, ever. You know, having talks about being involved in this, and um, looks like it's happening now. Wh- I mean, wh- wh- what are we thinking here? Um, what are they going to hand him? Is it going to be? Is he going to be doing something completely new? Um, I've heard that uh, he might be taking over like a specific, uh, let's see, a top Disney source says Kennedy remains in charge with no plans for changes. One one knowledgeable source says Feige has told a major actor that there's a specific role he would like that person to play if and when he makes the movie. Now, who is he talking about? Um, who? What actors does he, does he talk to? Probably a lot of people that are involved in the Marvel films, like, we saw that, like, you know, I think Clyder posted, like, who would you want to see in Kevin Feige's, uh, you know, Star Wars movie? And then Chris Evans replied, me. And then I've even heard, like, rumors of Brie Larson. Uh, you know, she talked about how she wanted to be a Jedi earlier this year. And she, she teased a picture of herself dressed as a Jedi, I guess, on Instagram or Twitter or some shit. So it's like, is he <laughs> pulling somebody out of the Marvel MCU stable of actors to to uh to to jump in to uh in into this uh, into the into this film i i it very well could be i mean who jake who do you think it could be number one number two who would you want it to be who would you want to see in uh you know from these uh from the marvel movies and and don't say samuel jackson he's already done both <laughs> that's a good answer um yeah i mean i i got excited when I saw the Chris Evans stuff on Twitter. I think he could be fantastic in Star Wars movies. I would love to see him go against character type, though, and be a Star Wars movie villain. Mm. 
Yeah. I think that yeah. would be really cool. I go against what people expect. Cause I think when you think of Chris Evans in a star Wars movie, you see him as like kind of a Luke Skywalker prototype just yeah. naturally, you know, just due to the other characters that he's played. And I think it'd be more fun to see him take a turn as, as a villain in one of these movies. It's kind of wild. Like he's, he's in the Marvel movies under Feige and now he's doing knives out, which is Ryan Johnson who did the last Jedi. And now we're hearing, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. he might be involved in this Kevin Feige project. Um, I'd love to see Batista get a part in a star Wars movie. I think he could be really cool. I think there's lots of fun stuff you could do with him. You mm-hmm. know, he's pro- proven in guardians of the galaxy to be kind of like a very star Wars esque character in that movie. You know, I think that movie owes a lot to the original flavor of the first three star Wars movies. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, do you have, uh, do you have anybody? Um, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I, I mean, I feel like Chris Evans would be like a very logical choice as far as who Kevin Feige might have been referring to. Uh-huh. As far as my personal pick, I would like to see Peter Dinklage in a Star Wars movie. Oh, that'd like, be as cool. A, as like a main role in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, wow, that would be that would be so cool. Like oh, villain, yeah. hero, whichever, whichever he would want to fall into, just as long as he's doing something and not just talking. Yeah. Oh but I mean, even if he's just talking, that's fine too. <laughs> he's great. I love seeing him on screen. What about what about, what about uh, I'm not saying this is my choice. What about Robert Downey Jr. in Star Wars? Yeah, I mean that's the first name that came to mind when I heard the term talking to a big name, right? Because you just go right to the biggest name in the MCU. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I could see it. I mean, you know, can you imagine? I don't know, man. Can you imagine Robert Downey Jr. in a Star Wars movie? Like, who would he play? Would he play, like, a scoundrel? It makes sense. Like a Tony Stark. Tony Stark. (laughs) Yeah, it's the same kind of thing there with Chris Evans, where I'd like him to go against kind of the type that he did in the Avengers movies. Yeah, I'd love to see him be, like, a really rotten scoundrel. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, like a villain in in, in a Star Wars. Yeah, I I could see that. It's just... mm. We'll see. Robert we'll see. Downey Jr. is like a Han Solo, but like an evil version of a Han Solo. I guess. I, I don't know if that's what I, I feel like with Chris Evans, I'd like to see what Jake is saying. But like with Robert Downey Jr., I think you just play to this guy's strengths. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I almost see him like as a Lando-ish type character. Yeah, I do too. Just kind of a charismatic fucking, you know, space whore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> space whore. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a movie I watched on USA Up all night when I was 13. Space Horse. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's smart for Disney to uh, re-inject some uh, this franchise. To, to, it sounds sad that I have to say that, but uh, yeah, bring in Kevin Feige. It makes sense. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. I think they're doing some good things over there. I think Kevin Feige has tales he wants to tell with Spider Man. <laughs> Within the Star Wars universe, <laughs> <laughs> so the stories were done in the MCU, but he wants to cross it over into the uh, the uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that's yeah. the Madam Web origin story is what we're getting within the Star Wars universe. Oh man, you're doing uh, you're you you're crossing things over right now, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be huge. <laughs> Oh man! Speaking of crossovers, man, Alan Iverson—what a crossover that guy had! 
back in the day. I did not know we were going this way with that. <laughs> yeah, it just, man, he just, he shook Michael Jordan off his rocker. Some people say he carried the ball. I don't know, but he did. He, he did. He shook Michael Jordan off his rocker. Michael Jordan was a little bit older than though, guys, right? I mean, you can say that, yeah, those were championship years for Michael Jordan, but, uh, that crossover, it, it, it left MJ dizzy. I gotta give it up to, gotta give it up to, uh, Allen Iverson in that moment. Yeah, shit looked like a video game. It did. Yeah, it did. It, it, the only thing that was missing were like those fucking like stars above Michael Jordan's head. <laughs> He's all dizzy and shit. <laughs> he man, he almost. It looked like he almost broke Michael Jordan's like fucking ankles. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like his, his his body went one way, his mind went another way. It's like his body just looked. He looked like Stephen Hawking. He had no control of anything <laughs> that was going on with his body in that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. That had to be scary for someone normally as athletic yeah. as Michael Jordan to go yeah. full Stephen Hawking. Exactly. Like, by the end of that thing, I was expecting him to be in, like, one of those electronic wheelchairs, you know, just sitting there <laughs> fucking having some robot give us his thoughts on the game. <laughs> Stephen Hawking. What'd you think about that? What'd you, th- what'd you think about that crossover, Michael? Well, I, you know, like, in the... <laughs> <laughs> I like how we went to the he just He went full hawking after that crossover. I like how we've gotten a bit Tropic Thunder with the full hawking references, too. <laughs> uh, I'm done. That's it, guys. I'm done. That's this episode. Oh, man. We got done early. I'm going to go fucking full hawking as soon as we full end this call. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, are, faux hawking or full hawking? <laughs> Yeah, with Ethan Falk. <laughs> Ethan Falk. What the fuck? That's not Ethan. What the fuck? That's not Ethan. That's what I said when I said when I watched Judgment Night. I said, "What the fuck? That's not Ethan." That was a quote from me in the movie, and I watched it by myself. Here's a, here's a question: If Stephen Hawking were a superhero, what kind of superhero would he be? A shitty one. <laughs> 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 One James Wan couldn't make good. Uh, he'd be Professor X, dude. Oh, <laughs> really? I mean, that's that that's that just seems a little typecasting, Brian. He's yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the CGI budget trying to get this guy to fly around? <laughs> I say fuck Jonah Hill. Let's get Hawking in as the Riddler. He's dead. <laughs> well, I mean, his voice box can still talk, right? Uh, they brought Michael Jackson back for a dance. Yeah, Tupac came back. That's true. That's true. Whitney's oh. going on tour. Oh, we've, oh God, we've we've offended we've offended some people here at the end of the podcast, people. I know we went we were uh, so good for so long. So good for so long. Ah, uh, we've get on get get on the internet. Say something; it'll make it all better. Oh, get get your thoughts out there, people. You'll feel so much better. <laughs> Riddle me case. this pop culture leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh man, it'll be great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Stephen Hawking as the Riddler. Oh man, I want to see like I want to see uh, I want to see a uh, mashup of uh, Tony Hawk and Stephen Hawking, and it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> and, not right that joke wrote itself and it's it's based 
<laughs> it's basically just a limp Stephen Hawking on a skateboard. <laughs> I want like in the middle of like a crazy vert ramp trick. Yeah, and we just but, like his body's still completely limp. We just drop him. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens happens. Oh, uh, that's our version of Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael Cannon's going to be busy this week. They're going to be busy. No, Michael, you don't have to draw. You don't have to draw any of this. Dinosaur Spockin'. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Hawking <laughs> dropped down the vert ramp. <laughs> oh, man. All right, that's it. I'm done. I wanna, hey, Steve, I want to thank you for joining us. Always, always enjoy having you on, man. Yeah, man, it's always a pleasure to be back. It's it's it, this doing this podcasting thing is very therapeutic in my opinion, and I'm actually like trying to get mine back on track and make a comeback. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely appreciate being able to come back here and sort of shake the rust off. It was it's it was my favorite reunion of this week having you back. On. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of this episode was, was when we shoved the carrot up Ray's ass and made him say that he wasn't mad at us or hated us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good man. with that. That's fun. Ray, what a good sport, right? Yeah, Ray is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. To any idiot that couldn't fucking tell Ray was in on it just by listening to the fucking episode in the first place. Oh yeah. god. You know? <sighs> man. He did shit the bed though on that episode, man. He fucked up. You fucked up. He was Ray. egging it on though. Like in my mind, Ray was doing like the rock just bring it hand pose. Dude, stuff it, he was saying. He kept in like that's the thing. I felt like <laughs> his uh you know, speaking of Tony Hawk, his skate by skating by attitude was driving me nuts. I had to <laughs> I wanted to squash it like and nothing got to Ray. And I kept I, I honestly that's what kept me going is the, the the fact that he kept laughing it all off. And I was like, motherfucker, I'm gonna get to you. And there's there's no way to break him down. He's amazing i don't know i don't know what like he he's just he, he just he's just so carefree jake yeah i mean he reviewed unbreakable for good pop bad pop and he himself was unbreakable he was un- it was unbelievable so that's oh, wrong unbelievable. but yes jake unbreakable was a movie <laughs> yeah with a guy that was easily breakable right yeah yeah so i, think I right. just figured out the uh, metaphor of that movie Again, Steve, thank Jake. You're, you're fucking up a lot of shit, <laughs> but you're doing it in the best way. It's given me some fun shit to talk about. <laughs> so, as long as it gives me something to 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 harp on, you know, just like all good. Thank you, Steve. Again, thank you. Yeah, yeah, man. Anytime, anytime you guys want me back, I'm I'm here. We'll be back next week for episode 304, which is going to be our Joker episode. It's Joker next week, right, Jake? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, we're doing Joker. Just like all good leftovers saying they're talking bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. See ya! Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations! I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's overdone before.
it. It's a trap.